steel toes and scoreboards. Kurt, what Drew Bledsoe never got hurt? No Tom Brady, bro, period. I don't care what anybody says. What about the 1983 QB draft class? You mean the whole fame draft class? <laughs> you know, we typically don't get political on this show. Let me clear the air just one time. Let's go, Brandon. Ooh, hot take. You know, you are the biggest dummy in the world. You pissed <laughs> off your own Steelers well, fan base. You know, I don't give a damn. Franco Harris had better fingers. <sighs> Guys, let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they're a bunch of crybaby, butthurt bitches. That's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Jared, write that down. It's a true statement. Another hot take. All right, guys, hop in your Google machine for this one. Man, I love it when you get all deep like that. Well, you know, with stats, don't get all weird on me, freak. <laughs> Dude, he seriously was the heart and soul that season. Are you, are, you freaking, ki- are you freaking kidding me? He better like 200 that season. Get out of here with that bullshit, man. Whatever, man, whatever. <laughs> Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. The greatest quarterback rivalry ever, hands down. Let's go, Peyton. <laughs> You know, we need more hockey talk. I fucking love hockey, dude. Well, puck it, man. Puck the world. Bring it to puck on. WrestleMania 17 drew 67,925 fans in the Houston Astrodome in Houston, Texas. April 2001. I was in 7th grade. Remember it like yesterday, bud. Uh, weird sex, but okay. You and them damn wrestling stats. Hey, you know what? Some people say that NASCAR died with him that day. Reputation, Kevin. Raise hell, praise Dale. I vaguely, vaguely remember Ruby Ridge in '92. I definitely remember Waco in '93 and OKC in '95. Man, that's government over government overreach. That's fine. That's and they wonder why Americans don't trust their fucking country. I feel like we talk a lot of baseball, like more baseball than anything else. America's pastime, bro. People used to love this sport. God, I love baseball, dude. Uh, me too. So, I kind of came around. I gave us LeBron James a second chance here. He's such an asshole, but LeBron is for sure one of the best ever. I've tried. I just can't get into soccer, people. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling rank. We won't ever, ever have a hot soccer episode. Uh, is he the best ever? I don't know. That's a broad statement, but 18 majors says a lot, don't it? Congratulations, Jack. You're yeah. such a homer, dude. I bleed Dodger Blue, man. Uh, I don't give a damn. I'll die on this hill. Okay, okay, fine. I'll say he's the top ten all time, but he's not the best. He's even, not even in the top five, man. The greatest closer in baseball Shout history. Out Mariano Rivera. Word Association. History making every time he was down in the paint. Okay, okay. Don Mattingly or... Uh, let me stop you right there. You have me, Don Mattingly. Stop drug testing for weed, guys. Holy shit. It's 2022. Time to get the hell over it. Our new segment is called Hot Takes and Sausage. <laughs> Such a stupid name, bro, but I love the passion in these takes. I never do that on company sure time. Sure bet. Sure bet. I don't. Sure I swear bet. to God, I don't. Sure bet. Wait. Charlie? Lee Brand. The greatest of all time. Nobody even close, bro. Chicago Bears versus Green Bay Packers. Greatest rivalry. Football. The 2004 ALCS was history making. Lost me, dude. <laughs> what did you jump to? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm leaving I'm, this in. I'm leaving this I'm, in. I'm, 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 two idiots talking sports. sports. Hashtag tits. 
right. Kirk, Kirk kind of screwed the pooch. One yeah. more. Yeah. The 1970s Steelers versus the 1990s Cowboys. Now I've lost again. Oh, my God. Jeez. Oh, see it, you, got, you gotta love it. Gotta leave it. That's why you leave it in the staple. Homer, but that's a tough call. <laughs> <laughs> the 1927 New York Yankees. Murder's Row. Cool fucking King Dan in sports history. Uh, all right, Dirty Carter, you ready to get into it? Let her eat, bro. All right, guys, another episode <laughs> of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Hopefully, with less fuck ups, is coming to you now. <laughs> all right, guys, welcome to another episode. Uh, I'm just sitting here laughing. Kurt <laughs> fucked up the intro. <laughs> and that one ran a little bit long, almost four minutes. Uh, the other one was two, so My bad, we might uh, we might have to make some adjustments to that. But for this episode, it's already in there because I'm not taking it out. So there's the new intro temporarily uh, that we've only been talking about for two months. Uh, Saturday, February 12th, and for the first time since December 5th, when we did our hot takes and sausage episode, I'm at Kurt's Thriving Metropolis in Alfordsville, Indiana. Thriving, yes. Thriving. I woke his ass up early this morning because I got a busy weekend ahead, and uh, I even stopped and got us breakfast. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, bro. So, what's up, dog? Uh, helicopters and hard weenies, I guess. I don't know. You can't say hard weenies? I could say hard weenies. So, uh... The very last time we had an episode, it took us 10 days to get uploaded because I had post-production problems. It was recorded while I was quarantined for COVID. Yeah. We did the history of the Bengals. Yeah, that was a rough month, bro. Yeah. So, Or no, not that. We did the 2002 World Series. My bad. Yeah. We, we done that a, was a good episode. We done the episode on the Bengals when I was sick. Yeah. At home. And then a week and a half later, I get COVID followed by strep throat. Anyways, uh... The Rough Angels month. World Series episode seemed to be pretty well received. Did not get no feedback, but it picked up a shit ton of downloads. Cool. So thank you to those people that yes. like listening to hashtag tits, two idiots talking sports. Be the few that you are out there. And uh, we were originally going to do the 1985 Chicago Bears. But <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> Circumstances beyond... God's control will say not mine, not not my control, not Jasper Police Department's control. Oh, yeah, boy. fuck it, I went there. Swing not anybody's miss. control. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Uh, completely innocent. Uh, yes. By the way, we'll yep. just leave it at that. Uh, anyways, swing uh, and a miss. Probably get a phone call now after this. I know they're watching my shit. But search sense beyond our control will lead me to say. Fuck that. Exactly. So we are going to do our first official current events episode now for those dedicated listeners. The last time we did, we kind of did a current events episode was the last time I was here for Hot Takes and Sausage. Yes, yes. We covered some news, but today for the first time ever, we are going to completely devote an entire episode to some current events in sports because there's a shit, shit ton, ton of it. Going on, yes. uh, you got to keep in mind these notes here encapsulate about three to four weeks so there's gonna be a lot to get to we've got some stuff since i printed the notes for kurt on tuesday some more shits went down including some big nba trades right, right. and uh as always here me and kurt are idiots beyond any <laughs> doubt so there's gonna be a lot of hopping around yes. but to start 
Uh, Kurt, would you like to read our disclaimer that's in the top there in bold? Yes, I can do that. To the best of our knowledge, all information in tonight's episode is factually based. If we're wrong on anything, please let us know. All opinions presented belong to the crew here at STSB. Any audio used tonight are for educational and information-based purposes and belongs to the uh, proper parties, the same as the copyrights. Nice job. Let me give you a little applause there. It really helps you having a copy of the notes now, don't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. I'm cutting down a shit ton of trees every time I print them out, <laughs> going through a lot of printer ink. Dang it. But uh, so we, like I said, we you know we're throwing a change up here, so and, and we are going to be hopping around completely all over the place. So, um, yeah. So to start uh, on January twenty seventh, it become official. Uh, Kurt. Yeah. You want to? Uh, sad day here, man. Big Ben announced his retirement from the National Football League. Football. What the football, fuck? Football, football, football. I don't know if I was thinking of blog now. <laughs> Big Ben announced his retirement. And in true form, uh, I always shit on Worthless Burger. He's a pretty good guy. I like to give him hell. But uh, in true form, he's not a guy that likes to make a lot of fuss and attention about no, himself. So Very humble. Very, uh, he basically just posted a message on his Twitter account, uh, followed by a short video he recorded. Saying, and I quote, I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. Uh, Roethlisberger grew up in Finley, Ohio. Uh, he played at Miami. And hold on. Not, not, the, my, yeah. my, not my Miami. Not the U. Not the greatest collegiate program in NCAA history. The, the university that's only known by one letter. He played at Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. Hard to argue that. Uh, Roethlisberger would say, The journey has been exhilarating, defined by relationships, and fueled by a spirit of competition. Yet the time has come for me to clear out my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be with my wife and children. I retire from football a truly grateful man. I believe him. I believe him. Now, Roethlisberger is 39 years old. Uh, earlier in the season, as we had touched on in uh, the last time I was here, this is just funny, we did a little current events the last time I was here. It's right. been over two months. That was about the time the announcement came down from Adam Schefter, who, as I stated, Schefter hits more than he misses. Yes, yes, for that sure. Roethlisberger was mulling retirement, which it did. Uh, he will retire as a member of the Steelers, holding every notable franchise quarterback record. Uh, he reached an NFL record 18 seasons without ever having a losing season. Impressive. Now, that's that's impressive that's impressive. on two fronts there. You know, the not having a losing season and being on one team for 18 years. One organization. That's pretty impressive. I mean, he he drafted a Steeler. He retired a Steeler. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Never was losing season. Did not know that. That's pretty crazy. With him, you know, under center, uh, they're kind of always in the mix. You know, yeah. they won Super Bowl forty in his second year. You know, they had they had the great season in two thousand four, his rookie year. They got bounced in the playoffs. That was their 15-1 season. Brady. <laughs> and he promised the bus, Bettis, yes. if you come back next year yep. one more season. We'll win a Super Bowl. We'll win a Super Bowl in your hometown. And the son of a bitch and Rook, the second-year player, he yep. delivered. Yep. Um, he, ended, he took him to three, pit, three Super Bowl appearances. 
You know, they won two of them. Right. 12 postseason berths, eight division title. <laughs> um, it's impressive. I got some more down here. He finishes career ranked eighth overall in passing touchdowns with 418. Fifth in passing yards with 64,088. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He's fifth in passing yards. He's also fifth in completions at 5,440. And fifth in attempts at 8443. That's a lot of passes, huh? In terms of the Steelers, he is the franchise winner in QB wins, passing yards, touchdowns, completions, attempts, 300 yard passing games, game winning drives, fourth quarter comebacks. His 165 wins are second most behind Tom Brady with New England for most QB wins in a career with a single team. Though Terry Bradshaw's got four rings, Roethlisberger's dominance in every other category makes an argument for him being better. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, if you remember back in July, as we did our top sorry, ten, Terry, but our top ten Steelers episode, you uh, put Roethlisberger in the top ten. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, the numbers are staying, uh, speaking at all here as you're reading them off. I mean, maybe now that he's gone, he'll get some recognition he deserves. The Rooney family, Art Rooney II, issued a statement saying Ben was an integral part of our success since we drafted him in 04. He helped us win two Super Bowls during his career, and we are forever grateful for all the success he's helped bring to this organization for the past 18 years. Ben will always be viewed as one of the all-time greats in our team history, and his determination, toughness, and competitiveness will be remembered by everyone in the organization as well as Steeler Nation throughout the world. Big Ben was the starter from the outset. He took over from Tommy Maddox. Yep. A touchdown. Tommy. As a rookie. He went 13-0 in his first year as a starter on the way to a 15-1 season, Kurt. That's impressive. I mean, wins over Dallas in Dallas at Philly. I mean, impressive. And he was part of the legendary 2004 draft class, which everybody looks at as kind of the mirror to the 83 draft class. Right. You know what other QBs were taken in the uh, first round of four? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Uh, Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Yeah. That's right. Um, the, you know, but there were yeah. So uh, they beat the Arizona Cardinals as we always talk about the the 2008 Cardinals uh, Steelers Super Bowl, which will be an episode eventually. Yeah, great Super Bowl, uh, including the amazing game-winning six-yard touchdown pass oh, to Santonio man. Holmes in the back of the end zone. Going, no, no, don't, don't throw it there. Don't throw it there. Oh, oh, oh. Santonio toe-tapped that son of a bitch in. Everybody, everybody, everybody <clears throat> talks about Santonio's oh, catch. Yeah. But what the they throw. don't talk about is Roethlisberger's throw. throw. Exactly. So, uh, laser, uh, once I mean, again, uh, Folks, you Google it. You can see it somewhere on it. Hop in your Google machine. There you go. You gotta watch it. The throw is just as amazing as the catch. Yes. Uh, Over two defenders. Let's see what else we got here now. He was on the move too, wasn't he? I think I'm trying to think. I think he might have been. Impressive. Uh, But you know, he was taken out of Miami of Ohio. Like I said, they had hopes for him to be the franchise quarterback, and he did that and then some. The Steelers were. As I have put my notes right here, as you can see, the Steelers were an AFC heavyweight every autumn, every fall, as Roethlisberger continuously kept Pittsburgh in the mix of a contender in the era dominated by Brady and Manning in the AFC. Um, but the clock has hit midnight for big men yep. now. So, 
Um, you know, he played under coach Bill Cower for a few seasons, and then in 2007 or eight was when he became coached by um, Tom Coughlin. Or not Tom Coughlin. <laughs> Mike Tomlin. Right, right. Damn, you said Eli earlier, and I got Tom Coughlin on the brain. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyways, uh, I know you like some overall stats, too. Oh, yeah. So, by the way, both Cower and Tomlin would make statements about the retirement of Roethlisberger, um, but I didn't really put them in there. But anyways, uh, Big Blaine ended up paying – Paying. Damn, I'm fucked up. You got me off. You fucked up the new show oh, open. I'm sorry, folks. Big Somebody. Ben played in 249 regular season games, 23 postseason games, and three Super Bowls. He retires while sitting at nine, no, number five all time, which I met. He's one spot behind Brett Favre and one spot above Phillip Rivers. He was the 2004 NFL Rookie of the Year. Um, he later became the fourth quarterback in NFL history to win 100 games in his first 150 starts. And he holds the record for most career 500-yard passing games with four. He overall in the regular season, Roethlisberger finishes with a career record of 165-81 and one. There's your tie. I hate that. We got to do something about that. Uh, so, so here's my question to you: What's next for Big Ben? I, you know, look, we know the obvious shit. That's exactly what I put in my notes. Yeah, I didn't yeah. copy and paste that. I hand wrote all that. He's Canton bound. No doubt. First year of eligibility, he, he gets in. There's yeah, no waiting. So. Okay. Um, but what does he do after that? I know it sounds crazy, but I don't see him walking away from football. Me, me either. Me so, either. and what I mean by that, he's going to either be a coach or a coordinator at some level. But, you know, he's got a boy. Pro, collegiate, right. or high school. I could, you know, so, you know, some of these guys right. retire. Ryan Leaf, you know, flamed out in the NFL. Ryan Leaf's coaching high school football, or he was at some point somewhere in the state of Washington. Yeah. So some of these guys do coach at a high school level. He's also got a couple boys, uh, raised a couple boys. He might it might be something there in football. Who knows? I could also see him going into the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roethlisberger, I shit, I don't even make fun of him all the time. I call him Worthlessberger. I just like to pick, you know. But he does have a real high football IQ. He does. I'm not going to deny that. He's yes. one of the smarter. Some quarterbacks are just not that intelligent. You can say that. Roethlisberger is right. one of the ones that's actually a very smart, articulate football quarterback. Football savvy. That's a good way to phrase it. Yes. Football savvy. Savvy, yes. So, okay, you want to move on? Let's move on. So, well, well, hang on. Hang on. Since this is your team. This is your guy. Before we move on, why don't we shoot to Kurt's corner for once? Because we right. have our shot. What? Do you, what anything you oh, want to say? Uh, Steeler Nation will miss Ben Roethlisberger bad. That's all I got to say there. I mean, it's a. What are you guys going to do this upcoming draft? Are you taking a quarterback? Are you happy with what you got no, behind Big I Ben? See, I don't see anybody out there that we really want to take. I mean, maybe you get Carson Wentz. My Colts will give you Carson Wentz. Wow. Nope. Okay. All right. All right. No, thank you. So, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. This is not a drill. You heard me correctly. The Cincinnati Bengals hey. have made it to Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow in so the brand-new SoFi Stadium in L.A. That's kind of odd that it's at L.A., isn't it? And for the second year in a row... We have a team playing the Super Bowl in their no, own that, stadium. What uh, is going on there? I seen a meme on Facebook, and you're going to appreciate this joke, that Goodell and the NFL management are pissed that for the second year in a row, 
we have a team playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So to avoid that that home field advantage, they're going to hold every Super Bowl in Dallas from now on. <laughs> I'm going to turn the volume all the way up for that. <laughs> they're going to they're going to play every Super Bowl in Dallas, yeah. so there's no home advantage. Sure bet. I could say Cleveland too. Well, why not Canton? Where the Hall of Fame bowl uh, game's it's a, at? It's a joke. They're not really mad. It was, well, it was just. But I see but your point. It's. I don't. Two years in a row. You can't tell me that they ain't got a factory in on it. Uh, well, the Cincinnati is the home team. No, they're not. Uh, they had to travel how many miles? Anyway. Cincinnati came back from an 18-point deficit to take a 24-21 lead over the Chiefs uh, in the AFC Championship game. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. There you go. There's yeah, another one. Yeah, always for sure. Uh they go to overtime. Joe Burrow. Da 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 da. Here we go. Uh, you got to believe the Bengals are probably the underdog for Super Bowl Fifty Six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rams. They're going to be in their second Super Bowl in three years. Um, uh, I guess uh, finally Matt Stafford's time to shine, huh? Th- well, possibly. We'll get to that. Right on. Over the past month, the Bengals ended a 31-year-old playoff win drought. Uh, they won the first ever franchise road playoff game, and they joined. They they're advancing to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. Uh, they joined the 81 49ers and the 2003 Panthers as the only teams to reach the Super Bowl after owning the league's worst record two years prior. Um. They're playing in a pretty competitive division, like this yeah. this this AFC North division. It's tough, and it was dominated for years between the Steelers and, and the, the Ravens. Ravens. Um, the Bengals had some dominance in you know the Palmer years a little bit. I shouldn't say they, they were always put together nice. They were solid eight, team. nine, ten, yeah. eleven win seasons. Right. You know, mm, as right. you know, just two episodes ago, the check out check out our archives on uh, Podbean or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you know we did a complete team history of the yeah. Cincinnati Bengals you're welcome Corey <laughs> yeah it's uh it's you know I, he'll be listening to this sometime this week he's coming to one of our biggest who supporters day? who day who day who day Bengals <laughs> who they say gonna beat them Bengals the Rams Ooh, hot take oh yeah so before we continue um I would like to see the Bengals get it because I'd like to see them get their first championship. But I'm going to go ahead, and, and and I'm a man of honesty here. I will go ahead and say the same thing I told you at work Monday morning. Uh, Rams, what did I say? 31-27 Rams. Rams. I would like to see the Bengals get it, but I, you know, I want, I'm, I'm going to say this. I want the Bengals to win, but I don't see it happening. So if they win, I will be you know, explosive, congratulatory all over social media. But the fact is, they're not going to. I'm a realist, and it's going to be Rams 31-27. Me and Kurt bet a dollar on it. Gentlemen's Shoot bet. Out, folks, at the OK Corral. Here we go. 33-30. Gen- 33-30. Bengals. Who day Bengals? This is a gentleman's bet. One dollar. One dollar. <laughs> anyways, okay, got to get back to this. I got a busy... I got the daddy-daughter dance tonight. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Cincinnati hadn't won a playoff game since the 1990 season. Uh, 
Bengals made the playoffs seven times between 2005 and 2015, but they fell each time in the wild card round. Cincinnati's last Super Bowl appearance came in the 1988 season against the 49ers, and that game was bad. Yeah. Uh, and I've got that game broke down. Their only other Super Bowl appearance was in 81 against the 49ers again. I thought it was going to be the same thing this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I think, uh, yeah, so two Super Bowl appearances. Um, the 88 season, they lost to the 49ers 26-16. And then in the 81 season, they lost to the 49ers 26-21, which, you know, you make it to the Super Bowl and you lose, that sucks. But there's no shame in losing no. to the 49ers because, as I've always pointed <laughs> out, me and Kurt pointed out, every decade in the NFL is dominated by a franchise. You know, in the 50s, you've got the Browns. The 60s right. were the Packers. 70s Steelers, were the fucking Steelers. 80s belonged to the 49ers. Yes, 90s belonged to the Cowboys. First decade of the 2000s belonged to the New England Patriots. Yep. So. That's true for sure. So, yeah. I mean, Yeah. So what will happen this year? Will they get it done? I don't know. I've been working on well, these notes for a couple of weeks. Um, I got one thing here. What? What's eerily similar is who else won a Super Bowl in their second year at the age of 23? Is it a guy that just retired? Yeah, it might be. Oh, okay. So they're in good company then. I mean, I shout see. out Macaulay Culkin. I hope he leads the Bengals <laughs> to a victory tomorrow. I see a lot of similarities between between him and Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Yes, uh, Bur- uh, Roethlisberger and Culkin. Yes, and Joe Burrow. Yeah, I hate to say it too, but they're going to be tough for a few years. Come. <sighs> you know what we need to do? What's that? Pay a bill. You know what? What? You're right. I need to pull up the pay a bill. I hate it when he's right. <laughs> Uh-oh. Where's the sponsors? I closed that. Hang on. Technical difficulties. Please stand by. Ah, here we go. Here we go. So, you want to pay a bill? Let's pay a bill. Uh-oh. Where'd my paper go? What the hell? I just lost all my shit. It's catching today, I'm telling you. Hang on. Technical difficulties. Ah, there we go. We got her now. Now I just lost my notes. Well, you know, we haven't I haven't been with you in a while. Right. That sounded weird. weird But you know. I'll see. Let me type in current events. There we go. Okay. Open file location. I wanna open it, bitch. All right, Kurt. Now we can pay a bill. Pay a pay a bill. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Let me hit the music. All right, guys. So check out Glary Guitars. Like them on Facebook or check out glarymusic.com on the interwebs. Very reasonable, very affordable instruments. I bought two acoustics in January last year. Spent eighty dollars a piece on them. They play. They sound, and they look. Like their three hundred to five hundred dollar counterparts. Kurt's played my Glary. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I call it a Canon guitar because of how fucking loud it is. Uh, I had very little adjustment out of the box. Basically, ready to go. Just had to adjust the neck a little bit. Give them a call at one six zero six four zero four six two eight six. Again, that's Glary Music, uh, acoustics, electrics, basses, uh, fiddles. 
Trailer. or violins Violin. for you city folks. They've got <laughs> cases, all sorts of stuff. Every guitar comes with a gig bag. Now, the gig bag is paper thin, so I would recommend getting yourself an actual case or a better gig bag. But, uh, yeah, guys, you won't regret it. I mean, this is not a camp wood guitar that you throw in the fire when you're done. This is a campfire guitar that you sit around and play around the fire. But yeah, check out Glary, everybody. Gotta get them bills paid, That's son. Right. Alright, back to work. Yes. We're rolling, 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 rolling. 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 Right, man, I think I'm with Biscuit. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. rolling. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Kurt, yes. we got a big problem. What? Okay, everybody, we're back. We uh, So, I just lost all my notes for the episode. Uh, apparently, uh, I have the original notes that uh, the last time I worked on them was February 1st, uh, but I don't have any of the other shit I crammed in for me and Kurt, so now Kurt no longer has a copy of the notes. wonder what happened. Here, I bro. don't know. I didn't save it, and it... I accidentally clicked out of them, Ooh. and it didn't give me a chance to say. I don't know. So so we're going to just go with um, Kurt's copy. So Kurt's got nothing to go off of, but he'll just be oh. a good listener and yeah. contributor. Yes. Uh, on Friday night, January 21st, something pretty historic happened. Got a little NASCAR news for you. You ready? Yeah. Yep. on some racing. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was inducted into the 12th edition of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Junior or? Junior. Yep. yep. Uh, he joins his father. The group was actually selected in 2020, but the induction ceremony was postponed the last due two to, years. Due to COVID. Due sure. to COVID, yeah. as everything else did. He joins his father, the Intimidator, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Junior was quoted as saying, to join Dad in the Hall of Fame is probably as good as it's ever going to get. Uh, although Earnhardt never won a championship, his impact has been felt throughout the racing world, building a career as NASCAR's top ambassador while finding a crossover audience that stretched far beyond his father's reach. Uh, Earnhardt, or Jeff Gordon, another Hall of Famer, would say, In the time that I've been involved in racing, nobody has impacted the sport more than what Junior has. He won three quarters. When he would win, three quarters of the grandstand would stand up oh, and yeah. cheer. Uh, Earnhardt began his career at uh, DEI, which was Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. He won back-to-back -back Infinity Cup Series titles, which for those that don't know, NASCAR's changed a lot. Infinity Series used to be the Bush Grand National yeah, Series, yeah, which yeah. was the uh, basically the web.com tour, basically yeah. for a PGA. Basically, it's what that equivalents to. Uh, he won his first Cup Series race in his 12th career start. Uh, like his father, you know, he learned, he studied. He was a great uh, expert in the draft. Oh, yeah. Um junior thrived in restrictor plate racing which man restrictor plate yeah. you know sidebar you're slowing down these cars that are meant to run 200 mile an hour yeah, I, don't, slowing, I, don't, I hate I don't, restrictor I, I plate do too. i don't get it really i mean <clears throat> i hate restrictor plate racing um he's 26 career cup victories coming at daytona and talladega including Daytona 500 wins in 2004 and 2014. Six years after his father's passing, he left DEI in 2008 and crossed over to the dark side, which most people <laughs> almost died because there's always the Earnhardt versus Gordon thing. He would join, Earn, uh, join Jeff Gordon running for Rick Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, yeah, fun fact, too. Did right. a little digging for you. During the recession, which we all felt in 2008, 
Earnhardt approached Rick Hendrick and asked for $1 million of his salary to be deducted from his paycheck and distributed amongst Hendrick Motorsports employees so no one would have to suffer during this recession. When the money wasn't distributed right away, Earnhardt marched back into Hendrick's office and said, basically, what the fuck is up? Get this done. (laughs) So... uh, Junior was voted NASCAR's most popular driver a record number 15 times, which still stands today. I don't think we'll ever surpass that. No, no. And I got a little Earnhardt career stats for you here. He won the Bush Grand National Series in 98-99, or the Xfinity Series now. He won the Daytona 500 in 2004, and in 2014, he won the Winston 500 in 2000. He won the Bud Shootouts in 03 and 04. 03, 04, 08, 15, and 16. He won the Can-Am Duels. He had four straight wins at Talladega Super Speedway from fall of 2001 to spring of 2003. Uh, he was also junior motorsports. He was a champion owner in the Xfinity Series or Bush Grand National for us old guys in 04, 05, 14, 17, and 18. He's in the Texas Motorsports Hall of Fame. He's now the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He was the Bush Series most popular driver in 94. In 03 through 2017, he was the Cup Series most popular driver. He won the Bill France Award of Excellence for NASCAR in 2017. And in the Cup Series, he had 631 races over 19 years. Uh, his best finish, even though he never won a championship, was he finished third in 2003. Uh, his first race was the 1999 Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte. Uh Everybody remembers the Coke races. Um, So, yeah. Let's see. Uh, He had 26 wins, 260 top 10 finishes, and 15 poles in the Cup Series. And then in the National Series, he would 24 wins, 94 top 10s, and 10 poles. Impressive. Uh, and those statistics are accurate. And one thing I wanted to point out, and I put this in my notes, which now I'm using your copy. <laughs> I was 13 years old when Dale Earnhardt Jr. or when Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed away. It should have been, yeah, I was 13. Uh, February 18, 2001, final corner, turn four, final lap. Yep. Senior slams into the wall. Dead. Watching it live. Dead. Yeah, I did too. Waltrip raced to the finish line. Uh, Junior finished second to Waltrip. Uh, Sterling Marlin had made contact with Earnhardt Sr.'s left bumper. Earnhardt slammed into the wall behind. And then uh, Ken Schrader got wrapped up in that too. Earnhardt Sr. would be pronounced dead at 5.16 p.m. due to a basal skull fracture. In the aftermath process... Uh, many disgruntled fans had sent death threats to Sterling Marlin and his family, blaming him for the crash. Earnhardt Jr. and Michael Waltrip were disgusted by the fans and both requested that fans stop blaming anybody for Earnhardt Sr.'s death, saying, quote, if you were a, fa- a real fan of my father, you would know he wouldn't condone these actions. Um, both the uh, uh, Daytona police and NASCAR investigations into the crash cleared Sterling Marlin of any wrong involvement. It was just racing. It was, it was, it's racing. Yes. Earnhardt Jr. raced at Rockingham the following weekend and I did not remember this till I was doing research. I did not remember this. 
And then it came flooding back to me after I read it, and I put it in the notes, and then I went back and watched a clip on YouTube. So a week after his father's death, that was when they still ran Rockingham. Right, right. The, the old rock. Oh, yeah. Rockingham, where is that, North Carolina? North Carolina. Uh, Earnhardt finished dead last, 43rd, after a wreck on the first lap that looked so fucking similar, similar yeah. to his dad's crash. Terrible. Uh but what I remember most about that 01 season in junior, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and you might remember this, and if you go watch it on YouTube, it's like a it's like a six minute clip. It just gives you chills down your spine. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna give you a synopsis of this here. They returned to Daytona for the Pepsi four hundred in July two thousand one. Earnhardt Jr. made a comeback and had a dominant car of the race. He led 115 out of 160 laps. On the last restart, he managed to make a move coming all the way from 6th place to 1st place in the span of two laps with Waltrip holding off the field as Earnhardt took the checkered flag. Now, what was funny about that was Bobby Labonte was in the lead. Yes. The whole world wanted to see Junior win at this track. Yeah, yeah. But it's still racing. You're still competitive. Well, Labonte kept checking Junior. Wouldn't let him buy. I remember that. Being a dick. Yes. Which I get it. You want to win. Right, right. It's a big event. Right. It's night racing at Daytona. It's the World Series of Racing. I mean, you know, so, but Junior took him over, and uh, I have never heard, um, you know, noise like like that, but... uh, Anyways, um, he won the uh, Cal Ripken Jr. 400 at Dover, which was the first cup race following September 11th attacks. Uh, He did a Polish victory lap, Alan Kowicki. He held out a large American flag at the driver's side window, and I can remember... uh, Michael Joyce saying, how about this? You know, the first weekend after a terrorist attack and Earnhardt flying the American flag. Yeah. Uh, so my question to you, is Junior's legacy ruined by not having any championships? I don't think so. I don't think so I don't either. think so, no. I don't think so. It's hard to do. Uh, it's a hard thing to do is win championships in that league, that sport. There's a lot of... Uh, and you know they're 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 doing a lot. You know NASCAR. We've we've talked about this in passing in several episodes. Is NASCAR a dying sport? I mean, there's been a lot of rule changes. A lot of people don't like the fact that it's now basically a playoff. You know, the right, last few right, races, right. Ten, ten, 10 drivers right. get in. I don't, I don't like it myself. I don't. Uh, yeah. So um, I'll have to be honest with you. It's been a couple of years since I have watched the race. I like. Well, I still do every now and then when I catch one. I write. I find myself rooting a lot for Ryan Blaney, who is a uh, yeah, Dave Blaney's yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, a Dave Blaney boy. He just never could. Dave Blaney was always just a. Uh, he was he was a name that you knew was out there. Sure, right. That's a tough sport, though. Eh? So we're gonna change some some change some uh, change it up here a little bit. Now this isn't breaking news, real current events, but it's part you know whatever. I just wanted to make reference to the fact that we're getting ready to head into tournament time. This is Mike Kachetsky's last season with Duke. Um, Hard to believe. Yeah, I just want to put that in there. Um, I got some stats about this. You know, uh, he made the announcement back in October, right before the ACC tip off. Right. So 
This is not real current events. My my stats so far are accurate for the 2020-2021 season. I've not figured any wins, losses, or anything for the 2021-2022 season. His career record overall for 45 years is 1,157 and 350. That's a 7.68 win percentage. It's 45 years of coaching. Now, 40 of those years have been spent at Duke. Right. At Duke, he is 1,084 and 291 with a 788 win percentage. And you know what? In the NCAA tournament, he is 97 and 30, 7.64 win percentage. In ACC tournament play, he's 63 and 21. And in the NIT, he is 2 and 2. He's got five Division I championships with Duke. 91, 92, 01, 2015. Oh, excuse me, 2010, 2015. He's got 12 Final Four appearances, 15 ACC tournament victories, 12 ACC regular season win vic- titles. He's uh, the Naismith College Coach of the Year in 89, 92, 99. And it just goes on and on. And for those that don't know, what coaching tree does he come from? Yeah, he stems from Bobby Knight. He's a Bobby Knight guy. Spent a season and a couple seasons on the IU coaching staff in the seventies. Yes. Uh, so now this, you know, just just want to make reference that we do have some college basketball news, some actual current events within the last week or two. Uh, Bruce Pearl got fucking paid. Yeah, he got paid. So Bruce Pearl is the Auburn head coach. Uh, he agreed to a new eight-year contract to remain with Auburn through 2030. The deal is worth $5.4 million a year with a $250,000 annual escalator. The deal will max out at $7.15 million during the 2029-2030 season, and it's got a total value of $50.25 million. Where do I sign? Pearl is 61 years old and would tell the media the deal, quote, wasn't that hard to agree on. No shit. $50 million fucking dollars over the next seven years. Worth the dotted line? Okay. Uh, Pearl would uh, release a video saying, my family and I are very grateful to be able to stay here and be your head coach at Auburn for a long, long time. I'm grateful, I'm humble, and I'm blessed to be your... Uh, they secured their number one drink ranking for the first time program history this week which they are no longer number one i was getting ready to ask they're no longer number one uh i seen something break when i was doing a final check like i said i've got another sheet of paper over here that's right of all the shit that's happened since i printed the notes for you tuesday uh they're no longer number one well we might get to that um but uh bruce pearl bruce pearl he's 389 and 192 all time with a 6.7 win loss percentage through his head coaching career he coached at uh, Tennessee. I was going to ask you. Yeah, he was fired from Tennessee yeah. in 2011. The NCAA charged him with unethical conduct and additional violations surfaced. And then Auburn hired him in 2014 to take over for a team that hadn't been to the tournament since 2003. Yeah. Wow. Where do you get his start at? Oh, uh, it's, it's pretty close to us. It's very close to us. It's I don't know if I put it in there. You want to go ahead and tell everybody? Uh, USI. University of Southern Indiana. I'm looking. I thought I put it in here. Well, I guess it, I didn't. They was in the finals every year, it seemed like. But yeah. uh, I like War Dame. I like Auburn. So uh, shout out to my uh, sister down in Alabama. She's not really my sister, but um, 
she if my mom could have gave me a sister it'd been her she's been a good friend of mine for three years since i met her uh war damn eagle baby war damn eagle so uh we do have a lot of baseball like i said we're going to be jumping around we're right. going to run through the notes first and then run through the extra shit i got right so uh some big baseball news come through about two weeks ago. Uh, Hall of Fame, you want to? You want to? Uh, see, uh, yeah, there was a couple inductees. A couple inductees. Uh, one of them, one of them wasn't any good. I don't know, some guy named Ortiz or something. One oh very, yeah, one very good guy. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. I'm just shitting. Big Poppy's awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, sure. He's heading to Cooperstown to get into what Kurt and I both agree. Out of the Big Four, which is. The NHL, MLB, NFL, NBA, the hardest Hall of Fame to get into. Yes, Major League Baseball. And 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 he's getting in there. Uh, he deserved it. Pedro Martinez was with him when this happened. There's video footage out there. And uh, Pedro was grinning ear to ear, had his hand on his shoulder. And uh, Big Poppy's going. He was yeah. selected to the Baseball Hall of Fame uh, a couple, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. While steroid-tainted stars Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were denied entry in their final year under consideration by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Now, those guys can still get in under the yearly, uh, I don't remember what it's called, me and Curve talked about before, it's like their yearly tenured fucking whatchacaller, uh, I can't think of it, I didn't put it in here. They can still get in, but they won't be getting in through the biggest way you get in, right. which is you have like a 15-year right. period to get in through the Baseball Writers Association of America. Um, or Ortiz was a 10-time All-Star over 20 seasons. Most of his seasons was spent with the Red Sox. Do you know where he spent a few seasons at before Boston? Oh, boy. Oh, I got him. I got you him, got everybody. No, uh, well, we'll get there. It's coming down here in a minute. I just wanted to I, I just, just seen this the other day, too. Well, yeah, because I showed it to you. you. I you sent it to you. Uh, Poppy was one of uh, baseball's most recognizable faces through the 2000s era. Um, three of his 23 career game-ending walk-offs came during Boston's drought-breaking 4 postseason when they thwarted the rival Yankees in the NLC, or ALCS and beat the Cardinals in the World Series to win their first title in 86 years. He's the fourth Hall of Famer to be born in the Dominican Republic, joining Juan Marshall. Pedro Martinez and Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Say Blue Jays. Nope. Here nope. it's coming right here. I just want to get through it. The left-handed hitter was signed by Seattle as a teenager and traded to the Minnesota Twins, Twins. as a minor leaguer. <laughs> he made his major league debut with the Twins in 1997, but hardly looked like the Hall of Famer he is known for today. He was released in 2002. Signed by the Red Sox and slugged 31 homers in the 2003 season. Ortiz batted 286 with 541 home runs with Boston and Minnesota while making 88% of his plate appearances as what? DH. A DH. The most by anyone in the Hall of Fame. He passes then Edgar Martinez, who was a DH for 71% of his plate appearances. Mariner. Say Edgar Martinez? Yes. Yeah, he'd been a Mariner when he. So, Ortiz, though, does have his issue with PEDs, but enough voters looked past a reported positive test that came during 2003 that was supposed to be anonymous. 
Ortiz has to this day denied using PEDs and Commissioner Rob Manford would say in a 2016 interview, I think it could be wrong to exclude him from the Hall of Fame based on that lone test. I never failed a test. What does that tell you, Ortiz said. So on July 24th of this year, Ortiz will be enshrined in Cooperstown along with Buck O'Neill, Tony Olivia, Bud Fowler, and several others. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa were all ejected in their final year on the BBWAA ballot. Bonds is MLB career run leader. Clemens won a record seven Cy Young Awards, but voters denied them the game's highest honor over allegations of PEDs. Bonds got 66% of the vote. Clemens was a 65.2. I Roger. Hold on, I'd like to ask these guys who's making that decision. Back in the 60s and 70s, they didn't have any tests. You think there's any Hall of Famers in there that done anything like cocaine or could it be Clemens threw a little shade he said my family and I put the Hall of Fame in the rearview mirror 10 years ago so fuck them hopefully everyone can now close this book and keep their eyes focused on what's really important Kurt Schilling's deport, uh, support dropped off after he finished 16 votes shy in 2021 many voters chose not to back the right hander due to hateful remarks he has made in retirement towards Muslims transgender people journalists and others what the fuck ever. Uh, Schilling asked the Hall to remove him from this year's voting, but he remained an option. His name was on 58% of the ballots. I say it every year, and especially this year, focus on who did get in. Congratulations, Big Poppy, you've earned it, was what Schilling would put out on his Twitter account. Um, so, since these guys are here, to, oh, here it is, I did put it in here. So since these guys are done with the Baseball Riders of America Association ballot, they can be considered again every year by the Today's Game Era Committee. That is a 16-person committee of Hall members and executives and veteran media members who will convene in December to consider players who voted between 88 and 2016 and are no longer eligible for selection by the major committee. So... Um, among the first-timers on the ballot... You had Alex Rodriguez and my boy Jimmy Rollins. Hey. A-Rod won three MVPs, hit 696 homers, fourth most all-time, but he has substantial PED baggage. clouding. He was banned by Major League Baseball for the entire 2014 season for violating the league's drug policy. Jimmy Rollins, a four-time gold glover with my Philadelphia Phillies, have played on the ballot. There were several other people on the ballot, too. Uh, John Lackey, Carlos Beltran, Al, uh, Todd Helton, um, Timmy Lincoln, Ryan Howard, um, Scott Rowland. So, anyways. So, I think I have some... Um, I, have, I got just a rundown here real quick. Uh, let's see, 2003. So, Ortiz, yes, beginning at age 27 and 03, averaged 34 homers, 109 RBIs, and a .956 OPS per season in his 14-year career with Boston. Ortiz uh, belted 541 career home runs, made 10 all-star teams, won seven Silver Slugger awards. He was MVP of the 2004 ALCS against the Yankees. Um, Ortiz was the MVP of the 2013 World Series. So, me and Kurt and I would just like to say uh, congratulations yeah, absolutely. To, to Big Poppy there. Absolutely. Class act. I like Thoughts? Him. I liked him. He was a class act, man. Huh? Baseball. 
a great two-strike hitter. So, so I'm going to give you the notes back just because I get a kick out of this. Um, and you don't have to read these four paragraphs. You can just kind of look at them and point them out. So uh, can you see that, old man? What? We got some more Major League Baseball news here, but it's about minor league baseball. Do you want to tell everybody oh, what that yeah. is? Around 88% of minor leaguers were vaccinated during the 2021 season, according to a league official, a number that mirrored the percentage of players and staff vaccinated at the Major League level. COVID-19 protocols at the Major League level are decided by the league and the MLB Players Association. Baseball's calendar has played in its favor over the past two months as Omicron, I say it right? Yeah, the Omicron variant. variant ravaged NFL, NBA, and NHL rosters and caused a postponement of games. The rec- recognition that players are younger, healthier, and according to doctors, at less risk for severe infection played into the decision not to mandate vaccination, sources said. Vaccinated players in the minor leagues, the memo said, likely will be subject to some, albeit less restrictive, testing and health and safety protocols. They're un- un- Vaccinated teammates, according to the memo, will be subject to increased regulations and prohibitions, including the requirement to conduct an intake and regular surveillance testing, mask wearing, (laughs) and restrictions. Yeah. Back over. Back over. So basically, I know you were getting winded. I can see it. So so basically, what's going on here is that um, in the 2022 season, uh, Major League Baseball will not require their minor league affiliate players to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to play, but will mandate on-field staff collaborate with the players to be up-to-date on vaccinations, which basically wipes out what I just said. I think they're going to have to take testing every week, but uh, just because Kurt, Kurt's all about these mask mandates and vaccination mandates and everything, he always, he's, he's giving me the evil eye right now. But basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not going to require anybody to be vaccinated at the minor league level, so I don't. I don't. Um, you got any thoughts about any of that at all? Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> um. Okay, Kurt says let's go, Brandon. So uh, okay, basically. Um, I don't know, man. It's yeah. it's it is the minor league. There's not a shit ton of people at minor league games. Like, I'm down for going sitting through an old school minor league baseball team that nobody gives a fuck about. But how busy they are on a weeknight or a week, you know, whatever. But uh, they're not requiring it, so. Right. Uh, Okay. I I really don't know where I stand on any of that. I'm tired of it. Hey, we're halfway done with the notes. That's pretty good. Doing all right. Uh, so so shout out me. I always get a wrestling reference in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did these a started these notes. I started these notes on January thirty first. So that's how long we've been playing. We've been busy, man. Yeah, we've been busy. You know, COVID and everything. We just haven't had time. We've not recorded near as much. Well, uh, life. It's in a way. World Wrestling Entertainment put on one of their big four events on Saturday night, January 29th. They hosted uh the Warrior Rumble from St. Louis, Missouri. The event saw the WWE Championship change hands as two former MMA fighters battled out with Bobby, Bobby Lashley defeating Brock Lesnar. Huh. Lesnar would then enter the Warrior Rumble event in the night and win it, while also returning former MMA star Ronda Rousey would enter the Women's Warrior Rumble match and win it. Thus, they both secured 
main event title matches at the show of show for WrestleMania 38 in Dallas coming up in April. Ronda Rousey. Yep, she's making her WWE money now. <laughs> she was part of WWE in 2019, 2018 came in. Uh, she took some time off. Uh, her and uh, Travis Brown, I think. She she banging Travis Brown or maybe you it's ever, Brandon Schaub. You ever seen her all dolled up? She don't look that bad. Oh, oh she's a beautiful woman. But anyway, she just had her first kid uh, a few months back, so now she's ready to get back on the road. Um, so that's exciting. Oh, and fun fact. You know what the NFL Combine is? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Did you know some... God, fuck. Somewhere in the last... Seven to ten years, uh, John Calipari and a bunch of other coaches kind of put together an NBA combine. Right, right. So now, and I don't know how, Vince McMahon has all empowering reach in the world. But somehow now, World Wrestling Entertainment is sending scouts to NBA and NFL combines. And they are talking to some of these guys and potentially signing them to name, image, and likeness contracts. Or... which is basically contracts where people have a lot of a lot of following on social oh, media, okay. and uh, some of these guys, if they talk a little further, they sign them to future talent contracts, which gives them a chance to come down to Orlando and train at WWE's world-renowned Performance Center, where they're just looking for stars of the future for right. the sport of professional right. wrestling. That makes sense. But it's kind of cool that pro wrestling is just getting uh, into these combines. But at the end of the day, you know. This ain't the same wrestling that we talk about. This ain't the shit that, you know, you seen in the 70s. Right, right. These kids are athletic as fuck. Right. These kids could be on the gridiron. They could right. be on the court. Right. They could be on the ice, right. on the diamond. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean. It's smart. Yeah, it's smart. Real smart. Okay. So, I just made a joke off air that was not very funny. So, I paused it. And Kurt goes, are we still recording? <laughs> Kurt, let's pay another bill real quick. Yep, Why yep. not? Uh, do, 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 do. Well, you know, we usually save her for last, but since she was next on the list, why don't we just go ahead and plug our sweet girl. Nana. Nana. So, guys, check out Nana's Aroma LLC. Hey, Valentine's Day is coming yep, up. Absolutely. Yep. You know, what a, what a sweet gift. Check out Nana's Aromas LLC. Check out nanasaromas.com. She's got a Facebook page. She's located in beautiful Palmyra, Indiana, located not far from the Crawford County line into Harrison hey, County. Beautiful country. Beautiful countryside up there. Call her to schedule an appointment for her uh, little store there, uh, COVID-19 related. Nana takes COVID extremely seriously. Uh, but every candle is custom made by Nana from start to finish, even the labeling hand wicking she does more than just candles too guys there's air fresheners there's warmer melts uh, the just the works and Kurt and I always say our favorite thing and it's pretty that's actually pretty smart too she makes every batch in small quantities and you're like yes. well fuck you don't get no production out that way well you can better QC your product yes. that way so uh, it's a very good product she sent us a free candle blueberry <laughs> cream cheesecake I wanted to eat it Kurt wanted to eat the candle we lit it over here that night man it smelled great uh, she sent us a free candle didn't have to told her we'd promote her anyways but uh guys give Nana a call at 812-972-3670 that's 812-972 972 3670. Nana does ship all over the United States. 
And uh, you can message her on Facebook or check out her website for literally hundreds, and I mean hundreds of different flavors yes. of candles. So uh, candle lovers out there, you get yeah. And got Valentine's Day is coming up, y'all. Like seriously, yeah. So yeah, there you go. We love you, Nana. Yeah. Kurt and I love you. Yes, ma'am. She's such a sweetheart. I can't believe I fucking <laughs> lost the notes. I couldn't find them. You see me yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. Good thing we had these back up. Well, good thing I printed yours off. Yeah, We've been for sure. Fucked. So, we don't talk soccer. No. But, I got to see a butt coming out of here. And we don't talk tennis. But I would watch tennis over well, soccer. Yeah, I would too. I don't understand the whole scoring system. Uh, love right. Now, at one point, it's 15 all of a sudden. But anyway, yeah. And I don't watch a lot of tennis. I don't either. But I if have. it's on somewhere yeah, and have. it's all I got, I'll watch it. I have watched tennis before. Yeah. But since we're talking about some of the things that's going on in the world of sports, over since we recorded last when I had COVID like three right, or four weeks right. ago, whatever it was, something big happened in tennis. And I kind of want to go over it. Yeah, yeah. By all means. You could do like, there's a butt in your mouth. You could just <laughs> see it. There's a butt. <laughs> okay, so in, in women's tennis, there's a. Uh, the Kornikova chick, and then there's the there's the Williams sisters, right. Venus and Serena. Right. In men's tennis, there's Roger Federer, yeah, Novak Djokovic, yeah, and Rafael Nadal, yeah. And that's it. That's that's the hierarchy. So some shit happened with Rafael Nadal that I just I, I want to really cover just because I think it's neat as shit. Left handed, left handed. I think he's a yeah. southpaw. He's southpaw. I think he is. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, Rafael Nadal just won uh, a record 21st Grand Slam. I think I put that in there right. Let me hang on. Searching for inspiration when he was down two sets and facing a triple break point with his prospects of a win. Yeah, so he did win at 21st because said with his prospects of winning. Uh, Nafial dug deep. Um, he survived an immediate threat from some guy whose name I cannot fucking pronounce. Danel Medvedev. I don't know. It's, I kind of. It's a lot of. It's a lot of vowels and consonants. And I kind of. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to go through all this, but they had they had a like they had a five hour. It was like five hours and twenty four minutes. This Holy match. Shit. Uh, he he's 35 years old now. He's a Spaniard. He's a super great guy. He's a hell of an athlete. And you know what? I'm one of these idiots that say soccer is not a real sport, tennis isn't a real sport, which I just like to stir the pot. They are real sports. <laughs> Both sports, even fucking soccer. soccer yes. Both sports require a lot fix of athletic ability, a lot of mental toughness. Yes. Soccer needs to fix their time. time I know. You, timekeeping. Okay, time. you know what? You keep trying to interject. Go ahead. Go ahead. What is your beef with the soccer oh, score? Well, I mean, three periods of 20 minutes, but it always ends up going over 20 minutes. I don't get it. I mean, every time they take the ball out of bounds, the ball goes out clock needs to stop, eh? And he count, count it backwards, too. That's the part that pisses you off more than anything. Yes, I mean, what the heck? <clears throat> anyway, I just had to get that out. They needed to fix something with their timekeeping. <laughs> so, um... Well, it's a guesstimation of how much time is the ball spent. I don't really get it. I'm sorry. but So, anyways, um, the 35-year-old... <laughs> the 35-year-old... Rafael Nadal now has one more major title than both Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic, his longtime rivals in this and the 
other two parts of the so-called big three. There you go. It's them three and it's everybody else. He was the only one of the three who had a chance to claim the record solo in Australia. Federer is coming from knee surgery. And Novak Djokovic has been deported from Australia on the eve of the tournament because, which if you've been paying attention to news, uh, Djokovic is not vaccinated against COVID-19 and he refuses to be vaccinated. So now here you have professional athletes taking right. a stand against this. Right. And again, you know, I've said this before on my personal Facebook, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here on the show. If you're not vaccinated, good for you. I fucking support that. I'm proud of you for standing up what you fucking believe in. That's fantastic. If you are vaccinated, which I am. Good for you. I'm proud of you for standing up for something you believe in, thinking that you're going to help the world or help. Some- That's great. That's fantastic. I personally, Jared Craig Atkins, right here, running a shitty podcast with my best friend that, you know, only people we know really listen to it. I personally do not give a fuck whether you are vaccinated or unvaccinated against COVID, what? to each their own. I made a decision in July of last year when I lost a man who I knew him for 11 or 12 years who meant the fucking world to me, who was one of my best friends. He was the best boss I ever worked for. Sorry, Adam. He was the best boss I ever worked for. When I lost him due to COVID, when I talked to him last three weeks before he slipped into a coma and I never got to fucking talk to him again, I made a decision to get vaccinated for myself because of what he went through. That's my business. I don't need anybody telling me great job. I don't need anybody telling me I'm an idiot. Mind your business. Keep your fucking opinions to yourself. You support it, great. You don't, that's great too. Personally, don't give a fuck. But now you've got professional athletes taking a stand against this. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I was, and I, yes, I know, I know what you was getting ready to say. I can see it in your eyeballs. I was vaccinated and then I caught COVID. I know. Well, you don't even have to say no more. I'm so over the whole thing, dude. I, it's two years now. It's two years. December of 2019, I was working in Alabama with Jeremy. Before that, December of 2019, a month and a half before I bought you, that was the first time I heard about COVID. Yeah. Been going on now for fucking ever. It, well, it's not going to end, brother. There's going to be another variant coming along soon. I bet you. Anyways, we got to get yes, back to this, yes. or I'm gonna get pissed off. So, um, so uh, Rafael Nadal and this dude, they're slugging it out for on the tennis court. Uh, a human rights activist, I got I was searching for the words. I guess you'd call it a human rights guy. Ran across the tennis court in the early hours of the morning, so then they had to delay the match for a while, and. Uh, then Nadal's opponent was bitching about some stuff, and he was he was getting the officials to to quiet the crowd down because the crowd was too loud and it was affecting his ability to play better. <laughs> wee, wee, and, wee, wee. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, there's something else I put down in here. Uh, for me, it's just amazing. Nadal would say, adding that only six weeks ago, I didn't know if I'd be able to play on the tour again. Rafael Nadal won his first Australian Open title in 09, then lost the other four finals here. His conversion rate in major finals is now 21 out of 29. Uh, Djokovic was chasing the same record at the U.S. Open last year and on a calendar year Grand Slam when he lost. Federer also had his chance at 21, but Djokovic stopped that after 
match saving points en route to winning the 2020 or the 2019 Wimbledon final. So basically, as I said, in women's tennis, the big three, you got the Kornikova chick or whatever her name is, and then you've got Venus and Serena. And then on the men's side, it's Nadal, Djokovic, Federer. <laughs> and I just thought that was cool because I know we don't talk soccer. We rarely talk. But I had, right. to, I had to put this in here. Right. I've watched tennis before. Yeah. Uh, I got a little bit of golf. And then we're going to get some great shit. I got a lot of boxing and MMA news. Uh, and you got to keep in mind, we these notes were started December 3rd or December, January 31st. Yeah, so there's going to be some news. Yeah, so so there's some stuff that's, and like I said, some more shits came out since I print the notes for Kurt. But we're going to be skipping around a little bit. Um, the PGA, at the time that I wrote this, uh, Pebble Beach was going on, uh, getting ready to fire up. So there's that. The PGA Tour, you know, it's kind of already been in swing, but yeah, now yeah. here we are. We're a right. month away from right. spring, basically. Uh, and John Rahm, number one ranked golfer in the world right now. Uh, so yeah, that's all I. I, you know, I have very little golf shit. Yes, yeah, he's on fire right now. Actually, I don't, <coughs> well, I've seen, he is. Yeah, you know, he's pretty good. Now, high five, love you, dog. Couldn't do the show without you. It sucked the week you quit on me. Quitter. <laughs> You're a quitter. <laughs> but I got several pieces of uh, boxing and MMA news here. You ready uh, to dive oh, yeah. into some yeah. of this? Okay. So the UFC is really close right now. To finalize in a lightweight bout at 155 pounds, lightweight division has always been one of my favorite, between Cowboy Donald Cerrone and Joe Luazon, Lazon, excuse me, in April. Multiple sources have told ESPN that this fight will take place on UFC Fight Night on April 30th if they can get the deal inked. Um, I haven't heard much about Cerrone recently. No. He's a God. He Cerrone is thirty six and sixteen, and has not fought since a first round TKO loss to Alex Morano in May of this past year. Uh, Cerrone's got some beautiful kicks. Oh yeah, God, he's. I mean, educated feet. Um. So the the former UFC and WEC title challenger has suffered a loss in his last five official appearances, but has fought very stiff competition along the way. In addition to his bout loss this past spring, Cerrone's losses have come against Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor, and Anthony Pettis. Anthony Pettis, Showtime Anthony Pettis. He's you know wow, yeah, uh, a fan favorite among UFC fans for several years. Cerrone's last win came against Al Aquinta in May of 2019. He holds the most wins in UFC history with 23. Uh, Joe, 28-15, is a 15-year UFC veteran. The 37-year-old has not fought since a first-round finish of Jonathan Purse in October 2019. The UFC has yet to announce a main event for the April 30th card. Huh. wonder what would be a good main event there. I have been a bad... I have been a bad... MMA fan about the last year. I've had my heads so the you know the songwriting started right. and then I took a break from the songwriting so we could get the podcast brand right. built and then this the podcast has just taken over everything I fucking do. So I so I spend more time looking up sports here lately than I do actually reading sports. Right. So or watching sports. Um so I don't know. I can tell you who's a real top guy. Uh boxing. Okay. I love women boxing. Really? I don't know. I got some women boxing. I don't know if I've ever watched. Oh. You know what? A woman boxing. Match. Some people 
don't think that that's a good sport. Yeah. Some people think it's you know too barbaric, but I don't look. Oh, drop my cigarette. I don't see. Ooh. I'm gonna take the whole table out. I got it. Fat man got it. <sighs> I don't look at two women. I look at them still as athletes, and yeah, in a cat yeah. fight, these are well trained, these are well oiled machines. Right. Putting gloves on, right. regulations, mouth guards, they're getting in there and they're boxing because this woman's like, this bitch is like, I'm a better bitch than this bitch, and this is gonna. So it turns you on somewhat. <sighs> Don't make it like that. <laughs> it's sports. Uh, you watch women's you wrestling mean. in the WWE. Yeah, uh, well, the UFC women. Well, that's pretty good, damn that's good, good too. There's pretty damn good wrestling uh, fight going on here. I like it. Until it's scrappy. It's a tremendous sport. Uh, one of the more badass young ladies on the rise is Bantamweight boxer Ebony Bridges. And she's about to get her second. This has got me real excited. Ebony Bridges is about to get her second world title shot in a span of about a year. Uh, the Aussie badass faces IBF women's Bantamweight champion Marcella Cecilia Roman on March 26th. And Leeds, England. This promises to be a great fight. I haven't bought a pay-per-view boxing-wise in like five years. But you might. Might this buy this one just because I want to see. They, they got to have nicknames. What's their nicknames? You know? I didn't put them in there. Oh, dang it! It's gonna be good. I huh? just know it. <laughs> uh, we've got some men's boxing news too. Errol Spence. You've heard of him? Uh, no. And I Ugas. I can't pronounce his name. I don't know. Ugas or Ogus. This one I don't know. I know who Errol Spence is, but the guy he's facing, Jordanus Ugas or Ugas, I can't, I don't know. They'll unify their welterweight titles April 16th at AT&T Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The bout will be Spence's third at home of the Dallas Cowboys venue. Uh, he defeated Mark, Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia, no relation, at the venue in 2019 and 2020, respectively. The deal was finalized in December, as ESPN reported, but the fight wasn't announced until two months later as Premier Boxing Champions officials sought to lock in a date and venue. Spence will put his WBC and IBF titles on the line and will be making his second comeback from significant injury. The 31-year-old has was involved in a single-car accident in October 2019 that hospitalized him for days and sidelined him out of the ring for months. A planned August 2021 fight with the legendary Manny Pacquiao was derailed after he went underwent surgery to repair a detached retina, which is pretty serious uh, shit. Yeah, that'd be pretty serious. Now, Ugas is 27-4 and four with 12 knockouts. He stepped in on 11 days notice and scored the upset of Pacquiao ver via unanimous decision. Now, he will defend his WBTA title in a three-belt unification. The 31-year-old, the 35-year-old Cuban and Errol Spence have one common opponent, which has been Sean Porter. Spence defeated Porter in a brutal September 2019 fight, and it was brutal. Spence beat the dog shit out of him. I seen the clips the next morning. Spence beat the dog shit out of him. Anyways, uh, six months later, Ugas dropped a controversial split decision to Porter. Spence is 27-0 with 21 knockouts and rated number two at 147 pounds by ESPN. Ugas is one spot behind. Uh, Terrence Crawford, who holds the other welterweight title, is the current number one ranked welterweight in the world. Um, Some boxing news. I haven't followed boxing much since uh, Tyson. Years. I'm saying Tyson era. That's been a minute. 
Probably my second favorite episode we ever did. Yeah. Tyson versus Ali. It was good, yeah. I liked it. We're going to do another one of those, too. What are you thinking? Tyson versus Foreman. Okay. Think about that. Think about that for a minute. Sidebar. Think about that for a minute. We talked about that. Why did these two never fight? Well, everybody in the 90s wanted to see Tyson step in the ring with Foreman. Because Foreman. Foreman was coming to the end of his career. Yeah. But tail. he still. He could still yeah. go, like yeah. you know, like there was a chance there. I'd say people because, walk into that fight thinking like Foreman could take him, like right, Foreman right. was still at that much of a high peak. Tyson would never fight him. So, and the chance that we do another boxing episode, I've really been thinking about is Tyson there, versus Foreman. Is there, has there been any thoughts? Anybody heard any comments from Tyson why they wouldn't fight? I'm sure it would just be. I had too much respect for him. Too much respect. <laughs> I broke my back. <laughs> that's my not, back is broken. That's not a bad impersonation. It's final. It's not a bad impersonation now. <laughs> you sound like Rocky. Yeah, right. Yeah, yo, yo, Adrian. Yo, Paul. Yo, Paul. You know, you got a small amount. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Paul. Yo, Mick. Yo, Mick. Yeah. You are a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> You want to have a little puck talk? Puck it. Yeah. Puck. So, last weekend, uh, the NSL, the NHL All-Star break was here. Don't got a really lot to point on this. I had it wrote down. I don't remember which divisions won, whatever. Uh, basically, we're at the halfway point of the season. Uh, the NHL continues to really be the only league of the big four that watches COVID at the rate that they do. They are always putting guys in a COVID protocol. I think that would be because of the big four. They're the ones that has the most teams across the border. So there's always border travel. Right. Um, other than that, though, um, any given night of the week, there's guaranteed to be a hockey game on. Chances are it's, it won't disappoint. On the NHL app, and I also have ESPN Plus, which is $6. Through those two apps, I can virtually watch any hockey game I want that's not on TV. That's pretty So cool. I can always catch a hockey game. Uh, how are you prayed to then? Second place in their division, better record than your pins. Uh, your pins are like third or fourth in the division. Well, shit, we're fucking second, bud. Oh, oh. I forgot. Now, Kyle. hold on, hold on. He's when I looked, when I printed these notes off the other day, He's a big Penguins fan. When I the last time I checked, you were second. Well, I mean that could have could have changed, but when I printed these notes off Tuesday, so as of Tuesday, as of Tuesday, the Preds were second in their division, and the Pens were third or fourth in their division. They're both looking like they're playoff bound, though. I smoke way too many cigarettes. Okay, so here's here's the first thing where we get to. Um, we're going to go through all the notes that are printed, and then we'll come back. Okay. So, you want to talk some NBA hoops? Yeah, I do. Okay. NBA. There's been a lot to cover. Something that uh, I briefly wanted to touch on. LeBron, you know, kind of got hurt a little bit. Right. Prior to him getting injured, LeBron was, was on fire. Was in uh, the best He's in zone. scoring, yeah, scoring in zone, zone of his yeah, career. Yeah, for sure. Like, lights out. Lights like, out. I wanted to put that in there, and then I forgot about it when I printed it. But I, I remember it. I've said in there, touch on it. Prior to him getting injured a few weeks back, which it's not a major injury. He's missing a little bit here or there. But he's, for for 
several weeks he, before that. He's, he's scoring the, every way possible. The best scoring zone of his career. The playing some of the best ball of his career. Yes. Yeah. It's like his IQ's only gotten better, better with age. There you go. He's seen everything. How many times do we touch on IQ? All the time. All the time. The basket's the size of a goddamn elephant yeah. right now. Yeah. Um Wow. So uh, as of this writing in your notes, the trade deadline was Thursday. These notes were printed two days prior. Uh, so, so a lot of shit to talk about here. Um, the Pacers made some moves. Um, and we'll get to that too. Uh, the Cavaliers acquired um, Cap Carius Levert from the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. For the expiring contract of uh, Ricky Rubio, who's out for the season after an ACL tear. The Cavaliers protected lottery first-round pick, two second-round picks. Um, so Cavaliers would get Levert, 2022 second-round pick via Miami. The Pacers would get Ricky Rubio, 2022 first-round pick, lottery protected, 2022 second-round pick via Houston, and a 2027 second-round pick. Uh, the Pacers will be thrilled to get this kind of value for Levert, who never quite got off the mark right. in Indiana. Uh, he was acquired for Victor Oladipo as an offshoot of last season's deal, sending James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets, who will be involved in some information coming your way just shortly. Uh, Indiana could still add more between the trade deadline and now, which they did. Um, the Pacers continue to emerge, engage in trade talks about uh, Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. Sab- I can't, which we're coming in just seconds. They dealt Sabonis. Yeah. Uh, the Pacers would end up then uh, a day or two later. They would send uh, Sabonis to the Sacramento Kings for a package that includes Tyrese Halliburton. The Pacers are including Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday in a 2027 second round pick. In exchange for Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson, uh, the Kings paid a little bit of a hefty price parting with Halliburton. He was the twelfth overall pick in twenty twenty. Um, the Kings' backcourt now revolves around point guard De'Aaron Fox and rookie Devion Mitchell. Halliburton was averaging fourteen seven and three. He is tied for sixth in the league in steals per game and eleventh in assists. The Pacers are really reshaping the roster a little bit here now. Do they have something they could build around now? Well, hang on. So the Pacers are reshaping the roster with the trades of Sabonert and Karius LeVert this week. And Indiana now adds Halliburton to a revamped backcourt that includes Malcolm Brogdon Uh and rookie Chris Dart. The Pacers create a $6 million trade exception in the deal. The trade will likely have significant impact on Miles Turner's future. Adam and I have talked about this. So I can't remember how many years now it's been that they drafted Miles Turner. It's somewhere in the last five years, yeah, maybe six yeah. years. I have never been sold on Miles Turner. Now I'm not saying he's not a great player. He is a phenomenal player. He's a beast down in the paint. I've not been sold on him as being the guy that you build a team around. Right. I figured Sabonis would be There's, something you there, could build. He's around. not a shack. Right. I'm still the mentality you don't and people have criticized me this. You know, this is the great thing about sports podcasts. A lot of it's opinion-based. Right. I'm the guy that says you don't build around a center. Okay. That's my opinion. Right. You build around your backcourt. Guards, right. You build around your backcourt. You can put people in the paint. You can put somebody in at the three and the four. 
you you anyways well, um unless you're just that dominant in the paint there's not been a shag for a while sabonis is only 25 he was averaging 18 12 and 5 he's had 34 double doubles this season trailing only jokic and rudy gobert Buddy Heald, and we'll, we'll, we will we will get to this in the very He's next paragraph. Scorer, right? Buddy Heald is third in the NBA in three-pointers this season, trailing only Steph Curry and Fred Van Fleet. Heald is owed $63 million through 2023 and 2024 on his contract. Since entering the NBA in 2016-2017, Heald has connected 1,300 three-pointers. Only Curry and James Harden have made more during that run. I am... Extremely excited about Buddy Hill coming in and playing Indiana. You know, 2014, 2015, 2016, whatever it was. I love watching Buddy ball out at Oklahoma. Yeah. NBA busts are a dime a dozen these days, but this was one kid I always put stock in. So now here's your chance, Kurt. This is your baby. You have came up with the future episode. You've titled it a million times. Why did I put Packers two in the notes? <laughs> Why do the Pacers general manage to be average? So here's your chance to to say something. I really don't understand it. I mean, whether Indiana is supposed to be the basketball capital, we don't play. I don't know. Our our team don't draft that way. I don't know. I don't get it. Why why would this bonus be something you could build around? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Buddy Heald. He's a great shooter. Maybe that was just my own way of saying that. I think Miles Turner kind of sucks, and I just well, don't want to get a heat for it. Well, Miles, you could have built around Sabonis, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't think you could build around Miles Turner, no. But Sabonis, maybe. Um, uh, it's just kind of odd how we draft to be average. I don't get it. Tuesday morning, before I printed the notes Tuesday night, Tuesday morning, uh, the Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum era ended in Portland. McCollum is heading out of New Orleans to pair with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Think about that. So you've got two Dukies there together with Ingram and Zion Williamson, and now you've got not a dominant lights-out shooter, but a solid shooter in C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Like a nice complimentary piece. Right. Um, he could score. Days before last week, Friday, uh, the Clippers traded Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, another Dukie, and Keon Johnson in second-round picks to the Trailblazers for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. A few weeks ago, the Hawks traded Cam Reddish. You know where he played? No, I do not. Duke. 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 Pretty sure. To the New York Nuggets. Or the, <laughs> the New Dukie. York Knicks. I wonder what you talked about there for a minute. Dukie. What now? Dukie. Uh, <clears throat> so what else we got? Tuesday night, it was announced that Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal is planning to undergo season-ending surgery on his left wrist. That's going to hurt them. Beal is a three-time All-Star. He will be eligible to sign a five-year, $245 million contract with the Wizards this summer. He could fill it up, too. That's a lot of scratch. That's a lot of scratch. Absolutely. Uh, Beal has a $36.4 million player option for next season. Wow. So now this is where it gets interesting. Because, like I said, I printed these Tuesday. We have more shit to uh, put out. No, I am we're on page damn contracts again. We, we are, we're on page 14 of 18. So we're doing good. Look at this. Man, I bring you these notes, and look, you get them all stained up at work. <laughs> look at this. 
Those are your glove prints. Those are my glove print. Look at that. That looks like cutting fluid. That looks like cutting fluid. Uh, chances are it probably is cutting fluid. Oh, God. My okay. bad. So, so this is where it gets interesting because we're going to come back around to this. I don't think I'm going to stop the notes to touch on it, but we're going to come back around to it. Uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, and I love Woj. Woj is a very reputable source. Woj reported on SportsCenter that the 76ers continue to be willing to take Ben Simmons into the offseason. He can't shoot. The 76ers, though, are looking for a star player in return, and they would talk to anyone about a Simmons trade, but they're not looking to make a deal for a good player and because a role he player. Can't shoot. Will you shush? <laughs> so, um,. What? Okay, here. Thank you. Wait. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you. He can't. I'm going to have your son smack the shit out of you. Huh? So, Dole's not here, but Kurt's oldest boy's here. He just t- said he'd smack the shit out of Kurt for us. Okay. So, this, this is what I was talking about. Four weeks ago, roughly, when I printed these... You know, January 11th, 76ers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey. You know Daryl Morey. He reached out to Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Sparks, Mark, excuse me, to inquire about James Harden, which was pretty much, I assume, that was met with this. (laughs) I'm very proud of myself for doing that. I'd like to say it one more time. He reached out to the Brooklyn Nets about James Harden, to which it was met with this. I'm very proud of myself. I put that together. I segued that very nice. Yes, very nice. You're calling about who? James Harden. Is he a va- (laughs) And he cuts him off. He just cuts him off. (laughs) Marks responded, quote, uh, Uh. fuck no. (laughs) This exchange represented the single direct communication between Maury and Marks this season. But now, with... Two days to go before the deadline, the stalemate remains. The Sixers plan to pursue Harden at any cost while the Nets have no intention of surrendering him. Oh, right. but they fucking did. Yep. Two days later, we'll get back to that. Huh, wonder what happened there. So, Kurt, remember what I said that we we're going to be skipping around a lot? Yep. Yep. So, back to Major League Baseball. Right MLB. I sent you a link the other day. Y- yes. Major League Baseball has stopped testing players for steroids for the first time in 20 what? years due to the expiration of the sports drug agreement. What? If I had a boo button right now. Exactly. Boo. Oh, God, if I had a fucking boo button. Man, that's incredible news there, really. People, insiders for Major League Baseball, spoke on the condition of anonymity on Monday. That which would just be this week, Monday, because I finished these notes the day before. Because no public announcement has been made, the testing, the halt in testing, is a casualty of the lockout that started December second, and a and a provision in the joint drug agreement between MLB and the Players Association states that the termination date and time of this program shall be eleven fifty nine Eastern on December first, twenty twenty one. Uh, it should be a major concern to all those who value fair play, said Travis Taggart, chief executive officer of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. MLB and the union decide, declined to comment on the situation, 
And it's just kind of convenient because last month, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were denied election into the Hall of Fame by the BWAA over suspicion of PEDS. Manny Ramirez and Alex Rodriguez, who both served drug extensions, fell well short in voting as well. Uh, basically, drug testing is suspended. Now, how long this goes, we don't know. Uh, you know, we're in the middle of this uh, work stoppage, which we'll get to right. more about right. in a minute. Uh, but right now, they're suspending testing for, for PEDs. Um, uh, not going to lie, kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Uh, steroids is most important in baseball over the other big four. Uh, this is bullshit, but, you know, fuck it. Let everyone in the Hall of Fame now, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, they won't let Pete Rose in. <laughs> yeah, let Pete Rose in. We spoke okay. too much. We're back. Yeah, we we're, we're just cutting up with Kurt's oldest boy. And that's the beautiful thing about the pause button. They never know yeah. that we were out for like that's 20 right. minutes. That's right. Until I break the fourth wall and tell them. <laughs> so... I got some more baseball stuff. Right on. Since a third of everything we seem to talk about is baseball related. I love baseball. I love baseball. Me too. But I didn't want to do a baseball podcast all the time. So right it's on. not right. now we cut, you know. Right. But we seem to do our World Series recaps are like some of our most right. downloaded episodes. I enjoy them. It takes me back to a time, you know. So I got something kind of cool. Right on. Um, Back in August, a... T206 Honus Wagner baseball card set a record for most expensive sports cards of our time when it sold for $6.6 million. Okay? The mythology of the T206 card is, you know, the holy grail in sports card collecting, which might <coughs> explain, you know, the high value. Well, last weekend, just, a, you know, a week ago, SCP Auctions announced that they'd finalize the sale of a T206 Honus Wagner card for $475,000. Okay, so it's the same card, but right. it sold for less. Way less. Way less. It sold for a little under a half Man, a million dollars. I know the market's fluctuated a little bit. Hang on, hang on. Now, there hasn't been a Wagner card sold for less than a million dollars since before COVID, so. What's the problem here? Yeah. This Wagner card was torn in half. Yeah. They only have okay. the top half corner. His, okay. his jaw is missing as is most of his torso. Okay. With the card receiving only a genuine categorization from the PSA. Uh, but still, just the top portion of a card sold for $475,000. Man. Okay. Wow. Here we go, Kurt. We are on page... 16th, so we've got two pages to go plus the outlier stuff that we didn't get printed. So a half a card would be $3 million, huh? Hmm. Roughly. Roughly. He, he collects so, baseball cards? I haven't anymore. I still got all my books with all my baseball, NHL, NASCAR, and hockey. I'll bring that over sometime. Yeah, I'll check it out, dude. So I got some good stuff. Got some Shaq rookie cards. Right. I had three Cal Ripken Jr. rookie cards at one time. Maybe. Pretty, Got pretty some Deion Sanders football and baseball there cards. There you go, prime time. But uh, this is my show. This is Kurt's show. This is our show. I get and and you know some of this is opinion based. And in our opinion, the biggest story in sports right now, to me, 
has been the baseball lockout. Yeah. Yeah. So I figure we're going to spend some significant time on this a little bit. Um, I don't understand why they're locked out. But. So uh, the MLB lockout began on December 2nd, and it seems like very little progress has been made since. Um, and to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything come across my ESPN, Bleacher Report, or my MLB app to say that anything has happened since I last checked on it Thursday. So unless I'm wrong, on Saturday morning here, I still assume the lockout is ongoing. Uh, and I fact-checked this after I put this in my notes, which is ironic because I should have checked, fact-checked it before I put it in my notes. But I was being cocky. And uh, I was right because I have in here a quote from me. If memory serves me right, this is the first work stoppage since the 1994-1995 season. And that is correct. That's correct, yes. So, uh, the collective bargaining agreement, the CBA, is the negotiated contract, basically, that governs every aspect of the working relation between Major League Baseball players and team owners. It expired at midnight on December 1st. So, officially, there's no baseball. What that means is... Uh, here we are now, yeah. uh, a month away from you we know. Be in, yeah, spring, spring training, training should yeah. be firing up. You know, the season you know gets started at the end of March, beginning of April, just depending on when they do it. Uh, no baseball is going on. There, there's no draft. There's no free agency. There's no team meetings. Uh, new skippers can't meet with players. Play, players can't go to. There's, there's absolutely there's nothing baseball related allowed to take place. It is a complete work stoppage on all sides: the player side, the management side, the team owners. Uh, uh, not a good time for that, folks. I mean, now this is this is not a strike. Um, there are two kinds of labor stoppages in, in baseball. A strike is when the labor side, as the players, put a halt to operations. A lockout is when the management side, the team owners in this instance, initiate the stoppage. Uh, a lockout basically means that the free agency process would be frozen uh, with some big names still on the market. Since all transactions will be put on hold, a lockout means no trades can happen, players will be barred from using team facilities, and if the stoppage lasts for more than just a few days, then the winter meetings and Rule 5 draft will be canceled and postponed indefinitely. If a lockout stretches into January, which now it has, right. then the exchange of arbitration figures between um, eligible players and their teams will be delayed. Get well into January, we already passed yeah. there, uh, without an agreement, and the spring training schedule could be, for lack of better words, completely fucked. The worst case scenario is that the lockout lasts long enough to force the rescheduling or even cancellation of the entire regular season games. Uh, we're about there. It's a bit premature, though, to think that that's what's going to happen, but it does look like nobody's budging. Nobody's budging right now. Rob Manford spoke Thursday. As you can see, this is the little slip of paper off right. my desk at work where I write all my notes about things. Uh, you know. Manford speaks on the lockout, which we'll get to that. Um, like owners, players aren't typically fond of moving forward with the un- with the usual off-season and in-season calendar events without a CBA in place. Can't blame them. Right. So the players would then strike to close at the start of the season. So owners don't want the players to gain a lot of leverage usually. So a lockout well in advance of spring training in some ways – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A preemptive measure 
on the part of the owners and Commissioner Manfred. Um, the aim is not to accelerate the pace of the CBA, though, uh, but it's more likely that the players will bend to owners and will on multiple fronts. Um, so I have a quote here. Uh, this shutdown is a dramatic measure regardless of the timing set in MLB Players Association uh, personnel. It is not required by law or for any other reason. It was the owner's choice, plain and simple, specifically calculated to pressure players into relinquishing rights and benefits and abandoning good faith bargaining proposals that will benefit not just players but the game and industry. We hope. So let me ask you, is this about money, greed, and control? <laughs> what else could it be about? Um, you I know, mean, go, go ahead and speak on that. Let me just see what if we have any latest news here. Uh, well, don't you agree that it? It's got to be what it's about. Power. I just don't think it's good for baseball right now. Absolutely not. Okay. Oh, my ex-wife just sent me a picture of the girls. <laughs> my son must be over at her dad's. He likes to hang out with his grandpa. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, oh, they look adorable. Anyways, uh, got to stay focused on business here. I, I need to look. I, I got on here just to look. Um, let me check my MLB app just to see, just because right. here we are on Saturday morning. Uh, February. Uh, February 12th. 12th. You need to download that MLB app, dude. Okay, I will. Uh, let me let me see just the news in general here. I had uh, it a couple years ago. <clears throat> Uh, okay, here we go. This this came down yesterday. So, um, Major League Baseball plans to make a new proposal to the MLB Players Association on a Saturday as Commissioner Rob Manfred remains optimistic a deal can get done in time. So, let me just skim this. The regular season is scheduled to begin March 31st. Uh, let me see if I can get anything else out of pull anything else out of this. Its prior proposals, the league has offered to raise minimum salaries to create a centrally funded pre-arbitration bonus pool to reward young players for their performance. Um, Manford stated, Manford estimated, I should say, that between an increase in minimum salaries and a pre-arbitration bonus pool, players would see an increase in hundreds of millions of dollars over the term life of the new CBA. This isn't even getting into value in things like additional DH jobs, which were high-paying jobs rather than low-paying jobs, the elimination of draft choice compensation, which would tend to increase players' salaries. You're talking about a lot of money on the table here. So, basically, there's they're still... Uh, they don't look good. They don't look good. Baseball, bad timing. Uh, very much. Baseball, bad timing. Let me... Uh, let me get this going here. I mean, we'll we'll pay another bill, bro. That's not the formula for putting asses in the seats, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you I, love that, don't Yes, you? I do. If I can get slipping in there anywhere, I'll Asses in, in the, the seats. seats. All right, doofus. Let's let's uh let's have to check another one here. Whoa, that's loud. All right, guys, so check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. They're a veteran-owned company. Check them out on Facebook and their .com. There's cool swag for men and women. Great coffee, tremendous energy drinks, something for anyone. Uh, Kurt and I love to promote anything that's veteran-owned. Uh, 
this is no longer a small time company this is big time you can check them out in all your local grocery stores cvs pharmacies gas stations uh they have an energy drink that uh my diabetes does not enjoy but uh i love them their espresso shot energy drink but Booster. it certainly just perks you yeah. right up <laughs> Wow, that was very animated. It was animated. Just up. I mean, no, holy crap, yes. The Macho Man, Man. Randy Silva. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, okay, we got to stop. Okay. So, do you have anything else you want to add? I just said it's a bad time for the baseball deal right now. I don't know. It don't look very promising. Bad time for baseball. Well, I mean, we are. I mean, they're at the lowest ratings, aren't they? Still, um, I don't know. Probably close to it, I would say. I mean, that's not going to help it any. No. Okay, let's switch gears. All right. Okay, this was your idea for a current events episode. Yes. Even though some of it's not completely current anymore, but it kind of still is. So we bounced around all episodes. Yeah, so why yeah. not bounce back? You want some more puck talk? A uh, puck it. Yeah, bring puck it. On. it. So, there was a hockey game that took place uh, a couple weeks ago on a Friday night between the New York Rangers and the Minnesota Wild uh, at Madison Square Garden, the Mecca, the world's most famous arena, right, right. the holy ground for professional wrestling, right. the Knicks' home territory, the New York Rangers' home territory. And they were all there to honor the king. Now, hang on. Not Wayne Gretzky. We're talking the king of, of the Rangers. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. A seventh-round selection in the 2000 NHL draft would go on to become the ultimate goaltender, and his jersey would be raised to the rafters that night. He played... 887 regular season games and in 130 postseason contests, all while wearing Rangers jerseys. Pretty impressive. With 459 wins, Patrick or Henrik Lundqvist leaves the game as the winningest goaltender in Rangers history and in European history, huh. placing sixth all time on the NHL's list. But his contributions on the ice would pale in comparison to some of the things he would do off of it. He was uh, the backbone of the Rangers in the goal and in the community. He was uh, a philanthropist. Um, he he was involved in a lot of charity work. He started philanthropist. Philanthropist. He uh, he did a lot of things off the ice too. A lot of foundation work, charity work. He created his own charity. Uh, his reach is global. He helped bring Sweden a gold medal in the 2000 Olympics, winning. Um, I have a lot in here about this just because it's hockey talk. Uh, let me see. Uh, just kind of after his run of dominance began, retiring his jersey was a foregone conclusion. Uh, two years without he this this was two years after he retired. Uh, blue carpet covered the ice at Madison Square Garden on one end, set chairs and a podium worth a large number thirty, which was his jersey right, number, right? right? Uh, chance of Henrik, Henrik, Henrik mm-hmm. filled MSG. Uh, his wife and children were there. Uh, his twin brother was there. They listened to the legendary voice of Sam Rosen host the fabulous event. The fans were chanting. He walked on the ice. Uh, the Rangers gave the Swedish 
uh, netminder numerous gifts, including a custom electric guitar painted by Dave Gunnarsson, who Ooh. was Lundquist's mask goalie artist. Huh. Uh, he received custom gifts from Louis Vuitton, a bottle of wine paying homage to his wine lottery days, a case of pucks, one from each of his 64 regular season shutouts, <laughs> uh, 10 postseason shutouts. The former Rangers goaltender and current ESPN analyst Kevin Weeks gave a heartfelt speech. Uh, some fans tried to ruin the evening with their screeching in between every word the 15-year veteran would speak. Uh, and then, of course, the number 30 got raised to the ceiling. Um, there was a capacity crowd that night on January 28th. And uh, let's see. Safe bet to be an ambassador for the sport. Uh, exactly. As consistent as they come, Lundquist was the sole reason the Rangers had a decade-long run in the playoffs. Three conference final appearance, one Stanley Cup final appearance. He dominated the most significant moments both internationally and in the NHL. A fan favorite, a legend, a role model. And I would just like to applause him because yes. uh, he's one of the best goalies to ever do yes. it. What a fucking career. What a moment. Yep. Okay, now, what we're going to talk about next, you got to keep in mind, this was Tuesday evening. It was probably about 11.30 Tuesday night, running into midnight Wednesday morning. And I'm working on this while this dodo bird's sitting to my right is already asleep because he's an old man. And I'm the guy that stays up till 12, 1, 2 in the morning and then gets up at 5 and goes to work. So I had a joke. And had there not been any more news come out, this would have been perfect. <laughs> but then more news came uh, down that we have to cover now after I do this, which just fucked everything. Oh, man. So the original joke was, all right, Kurt, have we missed anything? I mean, I'm sure there are tons of things to cover. We'd never be done, but we got to wrap it up. Did we miss anything? And then Kurt was going to look at me and go, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, what did I miss something? I did. And then it was going to go, the joke was going to go, oh, yeah, some fucking quarterback that played in New England and Tampa Bay retired this week. What was that guy's name? Well, now that joke's kind of fucking ruined because of all the additional shit we got to cover on the back end because it's been such a busy sports week. It's been busy. Yeah, Tom Brady. I need a cigarette for this. Tom Brady. Go ahead and take it away, Kurt. Anything you want to say? What can you say? What a career. Cheetah. Cheetah. That's right. All right. Here we go. Yep. So, two weeks prior to this, or a week prior to this, there was rumors coming out Tom Brady was going to retire. Somebody jumped the gun, said he announced his retirement. Tom Brady and his agent had got back on there and said nobody said shit. So, another week went by. Then it came down. Yep. So, TB12. Tom Brady is retiring. The son of a bitch. Yeah. I hate this guy yeah. but damn it yeah i gotta give him i hate him i yeah. hate him yeah. i hate him yeah i know where you're going yep but i gotta give him the respect he deserves the <laughs> douchebag he's capping off a 22 year career well some say he will go down as the goat not me i uh, will not me neither ever give him credit goat no. status no I don't care. You can sit me with a hundred fucking facts. I'm never going to give Tom Brady goat status. Never. Hey, man, I guess this guy's serious, man. I'm getting paid. I'm getting yeah. sick. Did you see me how yeah, red I, I was turning? Yeah, you're turning red, yes. I agree, though. 
I'm never going to give a son of a bitch goat status. I'll tell him he's top three all time, top two all time. That's it. If I'm giving anybody goat status over him, it's going to be Peyton or it's going to be Unitas. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. (sighs) Yeah. Okay, onward. Here we go. So, Cheater. He fades off into the sunset, holding pretty much every meaningful record. Seven fucking Super Bowl titles. Not only does he have more Super Bowls than any player in league history, but the seventh title he won with the Buccaneers last season surpasses the Steelers and his former Patriots. He has the most Super Bowls won by a franchise. franchise. Yes. Boo. (sighs) He has more Super Bowl championships than any team in the league. Yeah, that's crazy. He's that good at cheating, The 44-year-old amassed $293 million in salary earnings during his playing career, and Forbes estimates that Brady has earned more than $160 million through off-field adventures. Tom Brady reached the playoffs 19 times, won 18 division titles, Went ten and four in conference championships. Won seven and three in Super Bowls. And cheated twenty years somehow. I won't call him a cheater. I do. I, I want to. He leaves behind a list of achievements that will be difficult to match. You ready for this? Yeah, I can only imagine. Drafted in the sixth round by the Patriots in two thousand out of the University of Michigan, 199th overall. Appeared in nine Super Bowls with the Patriots, winning six. Following the 2001, 2003, 2004, 2014, 2016, 2018 seasons. Won only Super Bowl with the Buccaneers in 2020. Three-time NFL MVP. Most Pro Bowl selections ever, 15. Most Super Bowl MVP awards, 5. Most career ones, 243. Most passing yards, 84,520. Most passes attempted, 11,317. Most passes completed, 7,263. Most passing touchdowns, 624. Most games started, 316. Most playoff games played, 47. Most playoff games won, 35. Most passing yards, 13,049. Two more. Most passing yards in a playoff game, 505. And most playoff touchdowns at 86. They forgot a couple, though. What's that? Been busted twice for cheating. <laughs> You just ain't gonna let it go, are you? No, I'm not gonna let it go. All right, Tom Brady. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Deflate Gate 2014, Indianapolis AFC Championship game. Deflated footballs are not what game was over. We weren't gonna win that game. But still, we weren't gonna win that game. Still, I I, I busted outright. So here you go. He went from the 199th pick of the 2000 draft to replacing an injured Drew Bledsoe in 2001, leading New England to a Super Bowl victory over the heavily favored Rams that season. What if special episode, or what if yeah. specials, we've still never done one. Maybe one day. But And now it's in our intro. What if Drew Bledsoe right. never got hurt? Right. Would Tom Brady have stepped in? And- Absolutely not. I, Absolutely I don't not. So I don't believe that. I mean, you had you didn't know what you had any right. Nobody knew right. Right. Well, Drew Bledsoe don't get hurt. There's no Tom Brady. When he started, I'll at, die on this hill. When he started at Michigan, though, he was uh, the seventh string quarterback, I guess. When he went to Michigan, look and at more, you doing research. I did more, not know that. Work his way up. 
He led the Patriots to consecutive Super Bowl titles in 03 and 04. No team has since repeated as champions, by the way. New England wouldn't win another title for 10 years, twice losing to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Included a 17-14 beautiful defeat on February 3rd of 08, which prevented the Patriots yes. from completing the perfect season. season. Yes. A little old Eli. Two years, uh, let's see. Uh, he earned his fourth ring after the twenty-four, the 2014 season, Seattle game. Why Seattle did not give Marshawn Lynch the ball. Exactly. Yeah, you got to wonder. Tom Brady, and I will die on this hill, and I've pissed some sports fans off on message boards and social media over the years. If Malcolm Butler does not intercept Russell Wilson, yeah. Tom Brady's gone from New England the next season. I think so. Because there was, and you get to 2014 ish, 2013 ish, there was chattering as Brady done. Grappolo comes in about that time or yep, so, yep. I think. They give Marshawn Lynch the ball and they touch down. It's over. If Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler saved yes, Tom Brady, Brady in New England, I, agree. I will fucking say that to Robert Kraft's <clears throat> face if I, agree, I had the chance. I agree. So and then you know, two years later, in the biggest Super Bowl comeback ever, he led the Patriots out of a twenty-eight to three deficit with three or four minutes left in the third quarter against Atlanta to win the first overtime Super Bowl. Then they beat the Rams in 2019, and then he joined the Bucks in 2020, and then they uh, won like just uh, uh, after starting his first game on September 30th of 2001. He was under center for every game except when he suffered a season-ending knee, season-ending knee injury on the first play yep. in Week One in Man, 2008, like, yeah. no, and then the four-game suspension in 2016. And that there wasn't enough, I don't think. Um, Robert Kra uh, Commissioner Goodell, their boys, an incredible competitor and leader. His stellar career is remarkable for its longevity, but also for sustained excellence he displayed year after year. Uh, known for his work ethic, intense exercise regimen, diet, Brady got better with age after turning 37. Tom Brady would win four more Super Bowls with 17 and four in the playoffs. He would go 95 and 30, completed 65 percent of his passes for 35,000 yards, 265 touchdowns, and 69 interceptions in the regular season in those eight seasons following. What a career! Yeah. Uh, so I don't put me to sleep there. Smart. Tom Brady. Yeah. You gotta give him some respect, I guess. Never, never, never. I got passionate about that a minute yes, ago. Yes, you did, bro. I get that. Damn it. I don't know who heard that and was rolling their eyes saying I'm a fat idiot. I am. I don't know who's laughing. I will not give Tom Brady no. goat status. No. Absolutely not. I'd give Montana goat status. Yes. I'd give Terry Bradshaw. Yes. I'd give Walter Payton. Yes. Michael Jordan. Yes. LeBron James. Yes. No Brady. No Brady. Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Manuel Brady was one. Who? Manuel Brady. If you, if you had to pick one. Manny. Manny. Yep. Okay. All right. 
Okay, so now that takes care of the notes that was printed on Tuesday, and then for everything that's happened since then, I need my phone and this. So there was a few more NBA trades that went down following <laughs> me printing those notes out about 12:30 Wednesday morning for work. Hey, my Amazon package got delivered. Yeah. Oh, it's out for delivery. What'd you get? A bunch of serial killer stuff. Oh, cool. Oh, you are wanted. Yeah, I'm a wanted man. <laughs> so, call me the pod father. Okay, pod father. So, this is Steel Toes and Scoreboards. This takes precedent. Without me and you going in, so, 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 so here's the deal. For those that need a quick flashback, you know, sidebar. So we go into quarantine. We all go into national lockdown two years ago. Then I finally started. I knew what podcasts were. Right. I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast. We go into quarantine. That was when I was still with that girl from Evansville. And uh, I spent, so we were off work two weeks plus two weekends. Yeah, yeah, so we were off yeah. work like 20-something days. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Probably 17 of those, I stayed at her house or she stayed at mine. We were always together because she was working from home. All right, okay. So, you know, right. her, so uh, I started listening to podcasts and then I started thinking about starting a podcast. And then, you know, it never happened. And then, you know, we break up. By that point, I've been listening to podcasts. And then I tell you at work, I'm going to start a podcast. Kurt goes, let's do one. Let's talk about sports. I said, what do you mean? Let's, he goes, I'll do one with you. Then he quit on me after the first episode. <laughs> I didn't think I was cut out for cast. So, so, Kurt's like, well, fuck it. Let's do it. And he goes, I'm like, it's going to be some money to get started. Because I could have very simply just created an app with Anchor, which is free podcasting, hosting, and everything. Done it right with my phone. But I wanted something that had good quality. Right. So, me and Kurt talked for a while. And he's like, let's go in half. So we went in on half everything except for the computer. I bought the laptop right. myself. That was like two hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, so we're all in for probably about six, five, six hundred bucks with half the equipment. And then Kurt started pushing me after he came back after quitting for the second episode. But uh, so now I've got the bug. So I had a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, we did one episode. Um, and the BTA two that I bought for me and Kurt, which has come in handy. Yes, absolutely. You know, COVID, COVID. and weather yes. and everything. Uh, that was how I used those guys. But the schedule, I just we can never seem to make it together. And I got I was getting docked for two months for the podcast hosting for it, so I shut it down. Mm. I saved the episode on my flash drive. If we ever fire it back up again, right? You know, whatever. But I'm getting ready to start a, a podcast about freemasonry with a guy i'm in lodge with so there's two yeah, yeah getting ready to start another pro wrestling podcast this one will this one will hopefully last so there's three three getting ready to start a true crime podcast a true, with, a, with a friend of mine that she's a she's a really good friend of mine a true what a true crime true, true crime so it's about like murders right, and arsonists right. and and just you know fucked up stories yeah, yeah you get on you know if you'd ever get a facebook you get on there you see people talking true you know so that's going to be four. So call me the Podfather. So pod I got a little father. research material. Okay. Sidebar. Call me the Podfather. Podfather. So now, getting back to the... Man, this is a... 
This is a pretty good episode, yes. I think. Yes. Uh, but okay, so I need to uh, go to ESPN News here. And uh, and I did get tipped all dirty, didn't I? You did. Take out. We don't need that anymore. No. How did I get, end up getting off someone every page, though? Because you're wonder. a dummy. <laughs> Top headlines. Uh, hey, you know we don't talk soccer. Right. But the, since this is popping up right here in the top headline, a Pele rookie card becomes soccer's first $1 million card. Huh. Took him that long to reach a million, huh? Uh, actually, we're gonna we're gonna break off from the NBA trade. I, I wanted to bring this up. I sent you this. So um, uh, Wednesday, uh, Wednesday afternoon, uh, we, there was a death in Major League Baseball. Uh, former player Jeremy Giambi. Oh, the brother of Jason Giambi. Giambi yes. Uh, Jeremy spent six seasons in Major League Baseball as an outfielder and first baseman with Kansas City from '98 to '99. Oakland from 2000 to 2002. He had a stop for one for half the season with my Phillies in 2002, and then played in Boston in 2002 and 2003. He hit 263 with 52 homers and 2009 RBIs. Uh, his best season was 2001 when he batted 283 for 12 homers and 57 RBIs for the Athletics. He was born in 74. He played for Cal State Fullerton. They're the team that won the 95 College World Series. Anyways, Jeremy Giambi did not receive the height of success that his brother Jason did. Right, right. Uh, but Jeremy was 47 years old. He died at his parents' home in Claremont, California. And uh, yesterday morning, the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner determined that Giambi's death was that of a suicide. So... Uh. Kind of heartbreaking there. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to try to go through all this the best that we can here. Dirty Curdy. Uh, so I need news. That's what I need. So let's go to NBA news. Look at um, working the phone. Yeah, well, I have to because I don't have anything <laughs> on my computer here. Uh, trade deadline. Which the trade deadline was officially over at 3 p.m. Eastern Thursday. Uh, so earlier in the episode, I mentioned how the 76ers were adamant they were going to pursue the Nets for James Harden, and when Daryl Morey called into Brooklyn, he was met with a. <laughs> I don't know if that's what happened, but in my mind, that's exactly what happened. Like, hey. Hey, Sean, Daryl here. Oh, what's up, Daryl? No long time, no talk. Yeah, so I was calling to talk to you. Would you be interested in letting go of James Hart? Don't even get the word Hart now. Would you be interested in letting go of James Hart? And in my mind, that's the story we're going with. But there was rumored to be an added, uh, a very animated uh, fuck no. Right. But anyways, uh, shortly before, I think it was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, because I, I had just uh, went back to my desk to get a drink of my bottle I set on my desk, and my phone was sitting right there, and it, it blit up the trade. So uh, the Brooklyn Nets would send James Harden and Paul Millsap to the Philadelphia 76ers. 
The 76ers, in exchange, would get rid of two first-round picks, Seth Curry, Steph's younger brother, who's a dynamite three-point shooter himself, Andre Drummond, very underrated yeah. center, and yeah. Ben Simmons. I can't shoot. <laughs> uh, there was another trade that went down shortly before the deadline as well, involving... Um, there were several that went down, right? Because, of course, right before the deadline, they all go right. down. Um, there was a trade involving the Celtics and the Spurs. Um, trying to find that. The Celtics kind of need a big guy, aren't they? Yeah. Wish I could find it in here. The only re- I'm, I'm just keeping this going because of the simple fact of, uh, you know, we're just going to get it all right here. I just got to find where the fuck it's at. Uh, damn it! I know I've seen it. Uh, the Raptors waived Ubanks, who was acquired in the Goran Dragic trade on Thursday. Um, where was the fucking trade with the Spurs? Because uh, me and Adam talked about that back at my desk. I told him about it. Uh, the Mavericks got rid of Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, or as I call him, Porzing God, because yeah. everybody was high on him. Of yeah. course, he left. He got traded from the Knicks to Dallas. Kind of hit a wall. Didn't yeah, you? they trade him and a second round pick to the Wizards for Spencer Dwinney and uh, some draft picks. Um, there was talks about Russell Westbrook being traded. Okay. Okay. You know the Lakers. They're Anyways, the Lakers had a deal available then to trade Westbrook to the Rockets for John Wall. Of course, they never pulled the trigger on that. Uh, here, here we go. The Boston Celtics acquired guard Derek White in a trade from the San Antonio Spurs. Romeo Lankford, yeah, Indiana I, royalty. Yeah, yeah. Adam said overrated. Romeo Lankford, Josh Richardson, and a top four protected 2022 first-round pick are then going to San Antonio. The Spur will have the rights to swap first-round picks with Boston in 2028. I thought they was kind of needing a big guy in Boston. So that's uh, about all the the current NBA news there. Oh, I need, I need to keep showing my paper because I got a lot of shit here. Uh, you know what? We got to pay a bill. We got two yeah. more bills to pay. We'll pay one now. We'll pay one right at the end. Okay. So, guys, check out Beauty and the Beard Co. in Marysville, Ohio. Uh, check them out on Facebook. That's Beauty and the Beard Co. Just C O. They have a dot com uh, for all your beautiful beard keeping. Kurt's got a nice beard until he shaves it off and looks like a porn star. <laughs> Fun fact: When COVID hit, he come into work one day, and I was like, "What in the fuck?" This was in twenty. He goes, "Well, my my buddy said it could get in my beard. I don't want COVID in my beard." <laughs> so I shaved it off. <laughs> So he shaved yeah. off. I'd like Anyways, to check out check out Beauty and the Beard Co. Uh, great swag, soaps, beard kits, oils, the works. And for our users, use the discount code SteelToes15 at checkout for <laughs> discounts. I'm just thinking back two years ago, Kurt coming in looking like, what the fuck? My buddy said the COVID could get in my beard. <laughs> It was April, guys. April of 2020. We didn't know what was going yeah. on. So, yeah. 
I shaved it right my off. My buddy started getting my beard. <laughs> you big dummy. I owe him one yet for that, too. You do? Yeah. Uh, you want some more uh, puck news? Yeah, puck it. Puck it. Puck the world, right? Yep. So, oh, since Kirk Kelly Jr. is here, <laughs> updated, accurate. Oh, shit. I got to set my lineups for today for my fantasy hockey. Uh-oh. Updated. Accurate as of right now, the pins have slid back into second place with a 29 and 11 record in the Metropolitan Division in the Eastern Conference. And in the Western Conference Central Division, my Preds are still in second place with a 28 and 15 record trailing Nash or trailing Colorado. And the worst team in the league. Hmm. Which we're getting ready to talk about. Canadians. The Montreal Canadiens, who just played in a Stanley Cup final last season or the season before, 8 and 31. And Kurt, that's exactly what we were we're gonna talk about. Um if I can find it. So they fired their head coach Wednesday afternoon. Um not happy. Um they only have eight wins on the season yeah. after coming off of a you know, just last, it was, I can't remember, it was either last year or the year before when they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. And this season they have eight wins and they fired uh, their, wrong. their head coach. Uh, and I didn't write his name down. Uh, I, I laughed because I thought it was Duchemme and I was just thinking about the word douche, but it's, it's you know, it's it's pronounced slightly, I don't know. No, not really any other... Um, I mean, what's the deal there? When did he lose some players or I don't, injuries or I don't know. I didn't research any farther. Coaching. Uh, your Los Angeles Dodgers uh, got some news about them. One of their boys is not going to jail. Oh, uh, Bauer. Bauer. Bauer yeah. will not face criminal charge. Do you want to talk about that? I'll let you talk uh, about it. No, I'm not. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Um. I never was sold on him anyway. There was something that well, Bauer basically has got into some trouble. I don't remember. Was this domestic violence uh, or something? I don't remember. He he's not going to. Uh, he's not going to. Yeah. Start spring training with Bubba, huh? Um. Hang on. There was something else I was I was looking at uh, MLB news wise. Uh, Giambi. What, what do you think about the substance uh, on her fingers and stuff? Have it, it checked between innings and shit. What do you think about that? Dumb. Dumb. I agree. Uh. So, uh, the Washington Redskins, or excuse me, excuse <coughs> me, <coughs> I can't say. Apparently, Redskins is offensive. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Washington football team. Is no longer the, the Washington football, football team. team. They are the Washington Commanders. Command. To which I say, you had three fucking years. And, you, that's and what, that's come, what you come, come up with, with the commander. You the had commanders. three fucking years. The Washington Commanders. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. Ay, ay, ay. You know what? Fine. You don't want to let them be. You, they don't want to be called the Redskins anymore. Fine. It's 2022. God damn it. We got to be politically correct, and that's fine. Fine. I support that. I won't say Redskins no more after this time. But you had three years to come up with, and you come <laughs> up with the Commanders. commanders. 
God damn, why don't you just call yourself the Washington Red? Well, well fuck, I should say. Because, you know, the Cleveland Browns. Right, right. That's so dumb, dude. That's so that's straight retarded. It is retarded. Uh, that's what they come up with. Commanders. The Washington Commanders. I mean, you got the Washington Capitals, the Washington Wizards, the Washington Commanders, the Washington National. Like, uh, how about the fuck? You want you want to be something like that about DC being the state? How about the uh, the Washington tanks? Yeah. The 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 it's Washington something. the Washington Berettas. I mean, the bullets have been taken in basketball, but how do you be better? Why did they change from the bullets to the Wizards? That's really not sure. offensive. I mean, that was years ago. I know there was a lot of violence in D.C. At one time, it was one of the most violent places in the country. Uh, but the Washington Bullets had a ring to it, didn't it? Yeah. Not the Washington Wizards. I, I don't know. You know why I never go to Bullock County in Los Angeles? What is it? Or uh, Louisville? What is that? It's all in the name. Bullock County. Yeah, Bullock. <laughs> it's all. It's all. It's all. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, so... Um, so Bauer will face no criminal charges. That's good, I guess. Uh, Anthony Skaggs trial. Maybe I should touch on that. Uh, Anthony Skaggs. Who's that? The the uh, kid who was 19 years old played for the Angels. Died 2019. Uh, he was the Angels player. I'm pretty sure it was either the Angels or the Mariners. I don't remember hearing anything about that. Uh, anyways, the medical examiner who did the top side. Autopsy on Tyler Skaggs' 2019 death ruled his death accidental. Testified Thursday that he could not say for certain what, that the dangerous fentanyl is what killed the 27-year-old pitcher. Uh, um, I'd probably say it probably was. Well, uh, he was found dead in his Texas hotel room July 1st when the team was in town to play the Rangers. A toxicology report showed that he had ingested oxycodone, fentanyl, and alcohol before he asphyxiated on his own vomit. The government is arguing that is arguing that for the fentanyl he would be alive. Da 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 da. Um, yeah. So there's going on. Yeah. I, yeah. It was the angels. Um, and it's a whole big uh, yeah, write up about that. Uh, oh, Trevor Bauer. I think I said Court Bauer earlier. Court Bauer is an MMA guy. <laughs> if I said Court Bauer, I apologize. Yes, right here. The uh, Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office has declined to charge. Uh, it's sexual assault, excuse me, not domestic oh. violence. Huh. The Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher, uh, they're not going to press charges. Uh, multiple women has accused him of abuse. Uh, ESPN spoke with several dozen sources and and. What not the, the fallout from the allegations against him, as well as an Ohio woman who at one point sought a protective order against him, has left a lot to be desired. Um, Bauer posted a video to YouTube on Tuesday where he a seven minute long video where he denied the allegations made by the women and said that he's engaged in rough sex, but quote, there's no crime in rough sex. Okay. Which I mean, we don't really break the wall on that because we do have sponsors. I mean, we, yeah. we we curse a lot, but we can't just sit here talking about fucking all the time, right? Uh, if it's consensual, there's nothing wrong with right rough hard sex. But <clears throat> he basically said that this was all consensual rough sex, and that he's committed no crime. Uh, 
He spent the final second half of the season last year on administrative leave, during which he was paid but was not allowed to be with the Dodgers. Now he's still going to await potential discipline handed down by the league. Um, but according to Bauer, he done nothing wrong, and I guess they are not pursuing charges. So, hmm. did he really do nothing wrong, or is this just another case? Adam, I know you're listening. Is this just another case of what I talk about, about celebrities and famous people don't get treated the same way we do? They get away with shit. So, yeah. hmm. uh, Okay, so, got some more NASCAR news, and I'm not really going to... Um, Boogity, boogity, boogity. Going into a lot of detail. Uh, this past weekend, you know where the LA Memorial Coliseum is? Had a lot of Super Bowls yeah, there. Yeah. Had a lot of Rose Bowls yeah, there. A lot yeah, of things. Yeah. We had NASCAR there last week. They put a NASCAR track inside a football field. You're shitting me. I am not. It happened. Joey Logano won the race. So now, this, you know, Daytona is when the season starts, but, you know, this was just kind of right. preemptive season shit. Uh, That's pretty cool. Though, Floyd man. Money Mayweather is funding a NASCAR Cup team this season. Uh, they're getting ready for D- Daytona. Uh, Dana White and Pitbull have a NASCAR oh, yeah? type of thing going on, so NASCAR might be coming, coming mm. back up. Uh, some more NFL news. Uh, Brian Flores has a lawsuit against the NFL racism and not hiring minority coaches and I haven't paid attention to it sue me I don't give a fuck I just haven't really read a lot about it um, I would like to believe and I could be wrong but I would like to believe that everybody despite race gets a fair shot at a right, head coaching right. position but I can't prove that uh, NFL is going to play a game in Germany next year in 2022. What? The first time the NFL has been in Germany since the Europa League was folded over a decade ago. Huh. Remember been, NFL Europa? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's coaching changes galore, and I didn't feel like going into all that. If you guys want to know about coaching changes, the one, uh, uh, Google it. I guess I guess that's kind of our job. We do this shit so people don't have to Google it. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is coming in back to the NFL after uh, God, how many years has he been gone now? Probably he was coaching. Uh, he was coaching the uh, uni- fighting Illini, I believe, and now he's coming in to head coach the Houston Texans. Yeah, when he uh, Bears coach when he uh, the he Super coached, Bowl with the yes, Colts, he yes, sure was yes. the first time two black coaches faced off yes. for the Super Bowl, which was really monumental. Yes. Um, He's a class act, I believe. Lovey Smith? Yeah. Tremendous guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. You um, see him with his gray beard and everything now? He yeah. Does, I mean, he looks kind of badass. Yeah, he does. I'm not going to lie. I've seen a picture of Obama with a beard. Yeah. You know I'm not a Democrat. Right. And I, and I want to say that. We don't talk politics on this show. But I have really opened some people's eyes because I've said this before. So what if you're a Democrat and Trump's in office? So what if you're a Republican and Biden's in office? Rooting for the president of your country to fail is no good. It's like asking for your pilot to run you into a yeah. fucking mountain. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. That being said, I see a picture of Obama with a beard, and I'm not going to lie, it looked kind of badass. Did it? It looked kind of badass. He should have been uh, sporting it when he was president. He, it looked fucking badass. <laughs> Obama with a beard. Huh. 
Huh. Fuck the dress code. If I was president, dude, cowboy boots or steel toe oh, yeah. boots, holy jeans. Yeah, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. Ears still pierced. We need a president with a throat tattoo. Yeah. I don't That'd care. Be badass. That'd be badass. So, I think we've covered everything. I mean, let me let me let me pull up the ESPN one more time and just let's uh check top headlines. Anything else since this is current? Anything else? Top headlines. Where does baseball go from here? I don't know. Oh man, we've already got we already got games going on right now. Kurt, detour. All right, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute, <laughs> man. It's been a hardcore fought matchup here. Oh my God, I've got. We've got to go, Kurt. We've got to go. I've got. I've got to get some players on the out of the bench oh, here. Oh no. Oh yeah. Sidney Crosby not playing tonight. There's no game. Oh man, I can only start two goalies, and I got three of them that's Sydney, supposed to be playing tonight. Sidney Crosby a goat? No, just pens aren't playing. He's not a goat. Oh, is he a goat? Yeah. Okay, Sidney Crosby or? Yeah, me and Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yep. Okay, who's the goat of Penguins hockey? Sidney Crosby yeah, or Mario Lemieux? Which one? Mario, you're gonna go with Mario, I, aren't I'm you? I'm gonna go with Mario, but Crosby's good too, bro. Crosby's good too. That, that's tough, there. I just, I just drew a blank. I completely forgot to set my my uh, oh, fantasy no. hockey lineups. We're good. Oh hey, no! How you doing in your league? I am first in my division, third overall. Hey, I got lost back to back games here. I'm not very happy about it. Bastards. Uh, here. Winning lineup right there, folks. Do what? It's a winning lineup right there. Connor McDavid, the best player in the league. It could be. Oh man, it won't let me add any more tonight. All right, I gotta move one more guy. Kurt, talk. Oh, I, I, I'm a little teapot. <laughs> Short and stout. Man, I hope baseball gets it fixed, man. I just it's bugging me for some reason. Okay, have we missed anything? Uh, we, we did our first official current events episode. Let's talk about the clusterfuck that was the show opening. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to break the fourth wall. Crash your brain. Hang on. Hang on. Good music. Oh, yeah, yeah. We Good do not own slash. any copyrights to that. A little bit of slash. Oh, yeah. Toes and scoreboards. Oh, boy. This one ran a lot longer. Drew Bledsoe never got hurt. No Tom Brady, bro. Period. I don't care what anybody says. What about the 1983? I like QB the content. Class. You mean the yeah, we are. I like the content in the script. You know, we typically don't get. But it was funny that you fucked up because I was going to leave it in. But uh, let's just say there's our new. Okay, there is this episode's opening. Right. We might change it, cut it down a little bit, change the music, change the. But, you know, we've been talking about. We, we ran hard. Thank you to the Wilson sisters, by the yes. way. We own no copyrights to that. Right, so. right, right. 
But, uh, you know, we ran that one for six or seven months. It was right. time for a change. If I feel like I'm getting stale, the few listeners we have probably right. get stale too. Right. So yeah. we might we might change that. Um, yeah, my bad on that, dude. I'll just pick it on it. Plus, it was it's okay. So it's now be kind of funny though. What are we gonna talk about next? Well, you know what I'm thinking about. It's been a long time since we've had a turnaround episode. Yeah. I'm actually thinking that we could just bang out a baby episode next Friday. I, Why yeah, not? And I, then, you know, like normal next Tuesday we'll, or next weekend, two weeks from now, we'd record right. again on a Saturday night. I'd be down for that. What do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I don't know. You got a list somewhere, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I've got a list. I need. I should have brought it out. But. Yeah, I got a list. I got the original list. Why don't you, well, I mean, what are you in the mood to talk about? I've been down to talk about anything sports related. Anything sports related. Well, it wouldn't have to be sports related. I we guess. could do a Steel, Steel Toes, Toes episode. Yeah. yeah. So, Kurt and I were over in the Simon cell working on. I helped you work on some yeah, Simon yeah, chairs. Yeah, yeah. We were forming them. Forming. I was forming. You were cutting. I had nothing to do. Right. It wasn't a, you know, when you usually get a big order, I'll come over there and right, help you. Right. But I had nothing to do, and it wasn't a big order, but it saved you time. Yes. Because yes. all you had to do was cut and punch. Yes. I would form them. So I told you the story about Ruby Ridge, which we mentioned in our yes. show opening. 1992, the Weaver family, Ruby Ridge. I was five what, years what old. What a storyteller you are. You have like I, I, you. I, I, mean, was I, tell, I was animated, yes. and you're like, you told that so good, you didn't even have any notes in front of you. I'm yes, like, well, I was, I was passionate about this. We could. Yeah. Government and since you just talked about it, you know, you, you know, Ruby Ridge in 92, Waco in 93, and Oklahoma City in 95 are all okay. connected. Yeah. The reason, one of the biggest reasons for Timothy McVeigh to do the Oklahoma City bottoming in 1995 was what happened with Ruby Ridge in 92 yep. and Waco in 93. You know, Timothy McVeigh, ex-military, you know, he's he's seen what was going on in the news with the Ruby Ridge thing. And these guys were 50 miles in Idaho on top of a mountain, a cabin, no electricity, no indoor plumbing. Minding their own business. Minding their own business. You know, they're 50 miles from the Canadian border. McVeigh's seen all this happen. And then a year later, in 93, when David Koresh and the Branch Davidians, Waco, McVeigh went to Waco down the road watching what was going on with the compound. And to this day, I maintain that what happened at Ruby Ridge, a little bit more so at Waco, was the United States government and the FBI saving face. And I've never been a conspiracy theorist. I've always been supportive of our military and I've always been supportive of our law enforcement back to blue what happened at Waco was them trying to save their ass and because they were getting made fun of this standoff went off two months yes and then you know they never anticipated the shit they were going to start was going to cause all those Bravanch Davidians inside to go ahead and assassinate the children and then themselves right and McVeigh, that was one of the bigger driving forces behind him bombing Oklahoma City. Of course, McVeigh is no longer with us. State of Indiana right. put his ass down in Terre yep. Haute lethal injection in 2001. Yep. So, but anyways, as I was telling you this story about Ruby Ridge and the Weaver family, and uh, 
you were just like I could see it in your face, well, yeah. like you were hooked on everything yes. I was saying. Oh, definitely. Like I don't know how much of that you remembered uh, when I was telling you. Some, but but like you were impressed. Like, why is this not on an episode of a podcast? Right, anyway. right. So I mean, we could always tell that story. We do something else. It's a pretty interesting story, I will say. Uh, a lot of cover up there. That would be our second official Steel Toes, Toes episode. I'd be down to do something like that. Talk about Ruby Ridge. Yeah. Government overreach. <laughs> I don't... And that's like... <laughs> they're they're watching us through our phones right now. Well, I've never believed that, but you say it enough now where it's kind of like maybe they are, but... It's awful interesting. Uh, that, <laughs> that's my term, government overreach. That's, that's the phrase I always use, right. and maybe it was. It sure looked like it. I mean... Vicki Weaver opens the front door of her porch after hearing her husband being shot and the FBI's hostage response team puts a round in her oh, fucking okay. head That's... and she drops their 10-month-old infant and the their 14-year-old daughter or however old she is has to dive to catch her 10-month-old sibling because if that sibling hits the porch, it's dead. Yeah, something just don't add up there. I... <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, what, what? These people were minding their own business, basically. So, to give a little prelude to this story, um, Weaver, like, I don't want to give too much away because I'm really thinking we might yeah, talk about this right. next week, but to kind of give you just a little preview here. So, Weaver and his wife are living in um, Iowa at the time. The economy is really down in the 80s. The farmers are getting foreclosed on left and right. These are people who were a big Bible-thumping family, and they start to believe the rapture is coming. Right. Read your Bible, folks. Right. I'm a Catholic. I don't go to church anymore. I should, but I can still read a lot of the Bible. Right. Would know a lot of the Bible. They believe the end of times, the rapture is coming, everything, the world's gone evil. They're ridding themselves of TVs and electronics. They pick up the family. They move out to Idaho, around Naples, Idaho. They settle on Ruby Ridge on a mountaintop. This is 50 miles south of the Canadian border. They're new in town. They don't know any fucking people. Some people see him, say, hey, start to come to some of our gatherings. We can talk a little bit. They start mingling in with this, this group of people at gatherings. And then after a while, Weaver and the family start to notice there's an awful lot of white people here. There's an awful lot of bald-headed white people here with some weird-looking hmm. tattoos. Hmm. So come to find out, they mingle in with uh, some of the Aryan Nation compound. And uh, Weaver has always maintained that he wasn't a white supremacist. He was more of a separatist, which just means he wasn't according to him prejudiced against other races he just was he was prejudiced kind of against people he just wanted to be left the fuck alone right but they're up on top of this mountain <clears throat> there no indoor plumbing no running water no electricity solar panels and candlelight and kerosene lamps and all this shit uh they're running hard for a little bit of money to go shopping he meets a guy. The FBI apparently has been watching this Aryan Nation compound for a while. They get an informant inside. This guy asks Randy Weaver to saw off a couple of shotguns for some money. Weaver does it to get money. Uh, then they pull him aside and said, we know what you did. You're going to snitch on these people. Weaver says no. Leaves. Uh, two FBI agents, a man and woman, posing as a broke-down couple, pull over with car trouble along the road. The Weaver family stops. Randy and Vicki Weaver are thrown face down the snow, handcuffed. They have to post their home up for bail. If they lose the trial, they lose their house. Weaver goes to jail. 
So then they make the decision sometime in 91 or early 92 that they're just not coming down off the mountaintop. So other people truck them up supplies. Uh, Weaver misses his court date. At that point, a federal judge issues a bench Bench warrant for his arrest. Um, Because of the location, they get the marshal service involved. Because they've heard that this guy's been hanging out at an Aryan Nation compound and he's a hardcore religious guy, they believe that there could be a firefight. They believe there's a man and woman armed inside who will kill their children and then themselves avoid prison. So bad intel, bad communication, bad information. Then some shit starts happening, and then a day where they are trying to simply get a reconnaissance mission, just intel on the cabin and the family, turns into a deadly day that later, uh, the day after, brings in the FBI hostage response team and more tragedy. And after a couple weeks standoff, whoever's left alive comes off the mountain and it looks like a scene out of a goddamn combat movie as there's FBI, ATF, U.S. Marshals, uh, Idaho National Guard, Idaho State Police, local police, all setting up camp at the base of this mountain. And it looks like the scene out of a goddamn movie. All this for five people. That's pretty insane, man. You see the passion I told that with? Yes. Let's do that. Let's do it. So I gave you guys kind of a brief synopsis of the whole story here. So, uh, very interesting. I story. think I could bang out the research for this in a week, and then we can convene next Friday and knock it out. Yeah, excuse me. Okay, so uh, we didn't do any hot takes and sausage, but that's okay. You, I gave you a small thirty-second Kurtz corner there. Yeah. Um, do we do a word association? Not to. Uh, if you want to. Okay, man. fine. Let's just... Uh, I don't have nothing wrote down. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Tons of respect, man. Good. Yeah. Tom Brady, as I roll my eyes. Not the goat. <laughs> uh, NBA trades. This uh, surprise. surprise. Surprise, yeah. MLB lockout. It's got to end. For the future of baseball. Holy crap. Dale Earnhardt Jr. going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Deserve. Deserve. That's a good one. Coach K's final season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's going to be gone. Bruce Pearl getting paid. (sighs) Wow, that's a lot of money. A quarter of a Honus Wagner card selling for almost half a million dollars. That's insane. Well, I mean, you know. Well, right. I mean, half a card, three million. I mean. Our new show open. Uh, jumbled, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Oops. Oops. Maybe to be worked on. Yeah. Okay. A good episode, bro. Yeah, the, our first official current events episode mm-hmm. next week. Uh, I mean, we'll have to slip one in every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was fun. As I told Kurt, when we're always deciding what to do or... You know, when outside sources affect the content I want to cover. Uh, shout out, JPD. Yeah, no shit. I'm going to get you watched. This is going to come back on me because I'm going to be taunting. 
Dude, I'm telling you. Dude, it ain't me. There ain't nothing. If, I ain't getting into it over there. Anybody that's local knows. Some of them knows the story, or they can Google the story. Swinging a miss. Swinging a miss. That ain't me, yeah. dude. That dude's got at least fifty to hundred pounds on me. That dude looks older than me. I've got tattoos and earrings. This guy don't. Swinging a miss. Folks. Swinging a miss. That ain't even my posture. That ain't no. even my body posture. No. I mean, come on, guys. Like I, I handed over my phone. Like check my GPS pings, and they're like, "Well, you could have left your phone home." I was like, "Well, it's it's true, but no." Um, I mean, I, my, I always have my phone. It's up my ass all the time. I mean, I just can't believe it. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, anyway, up. anyways, that's fucked up. Yeah, but uh, current events are always good. We don't know what we want to cover, so right. Lot going on, you know. I'm the Pod Father, fixing right, to launch right. another three yes, podcasts. Pod so father. the Pod Father. It's got a ring to it, dude. It does. It does, it does yes. bro. Yes. Okay, well, this was fun. Um, anything else? Nah. I don't have anything else to add. I don't... <laughs> That's Kurt's beard. <laughs> you need to check out Beauty and the Beard yeah, Cove. I do, don't Oh, me? wait. Oh, yeah, we, we got to play one more. We'll pay one more bill real fast. Yep. So check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper, Indiana. It's a small family-owned business that specializes in laser engraving and direct garment printing. I've showed Kurt some of their stuff. Uh, They've offered to make a, a logo for us. Impressive. Uh, impressive they work. like every time we, we mention them in the podcast. They offer vinyl decals, baby blankets, other personalized items for you or your business. Give them a message on Facebook uh, or give them a call at 812-661-7765. This is seriously uh, really good. It, it, it's a small business, small town, small business, but they are really, really good. At what really they good and very professional, very courteous people. Uh, so check out Main Street Designs LLC. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Was there, was there? I thought there was something else I wanted to. Here's the original note. Oh, yeah. It was just um, about the LA Rams. This was one other thing. Uh, I didn't put this in the notes. I just forgot about it. So, the Rams, uh, before the NFC Championship game or after one, they went and visited the Kobe Bryant crash site. Really? And they were, I guess, they, they just they came away with a real spiritual feeling about things and I don't know. Rest in peace, Mama. Mama. Yeah. So you're really on board with the Rams, 31-27, huh? So I want to see the Bengals win. I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals to win. You know, you typically root for your conference. Right. Some do, some don't. I want to see the Bengals win. I am going to be posting pro Bengal information. There you go. On social media, I'm going to be all bengled up. Who day, Corey? Who day? Who day? But the outcome will remain as I suspected. The Los Angeles Rams will beat the Cincinnati Bengals 31 to 27. Uh, and Cincinnati will go another 30, 40 years before their next Super Bowl appearance. Uh, With Joe, man. I think Joe Burrow's the real deal, dude. Well, good. Why don't you guys fucking put in a trade offer for him? Oh, uh, he can play for Pittsburgh anytime. I mean, yeah. God, why don't you just bring with, back Terry Bradshaw? We're end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not a bad thing, son. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it. Uh, we might rework the show opening sometime. Yeah. It's just so bad. 
<laughs> it did not bad. go the way it's I thought. I mean, even I don't know if the music. Uh, I don't know. Give we'll, us some feedback, folks. Yeah, well, they know. They know. Yeah. Anyways, we got to get this mixed down. I'm going to hang out with Kurt for a little bit. And then I got to go home, clean up. Got the daddy-daughter dance tonight. Yep, yep, yep. My seven-year-old's looking forward to it. I told her I was going to take her out for dinner afterwards. You guys going to be doing the Dougie or? I can Dougie. Can you Dougie? I can do the, uh, what's the one word? The running man. The running man? Yeah, I can do the running man. There you go. I don't really dance. I just watch her go around dance and talk to her friends. And I just kind of sit there with all the other dads who are fat and don't dance. That's kind of my fit in. So. Well, um, at least you're involved. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Hang on one second before we, before we cut air. Hey, Kirk Kelly Jr. Yes. Kyle, come here, man. So Doyle is uh, gone. Yeah. Doyle is working in Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. So Kurt's got company. Kyle's here. Do you? Did you ever think your dad would be doing podcasts? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> if you would have told me that before, I would have known. I would have told you that he would don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> and this motherfucker legitimately texted me. Right before, I was like, man, he's late. Where's he at? Before episode two, which was Brady. You quit nah, on Brady man. versus Manny. Nah, so we will do a man, remix of that yeah. sometime. Yeah. So he quit, and then I'm like, this motherfucker. Because <laughs> then I was like, oh, he's going to want his half of the money back and everything. And I'm like, okay. So then I guilt tripped him. Be like, all right, man. I just, you know, I'm getting ready to do a baseball episode next week, but I guess I, I don't have a baseball mind like you. Well, I could talk baseball with you through this episode, and then after that, he got hooked. Yeah. And now it's the dynamics change where sometimes I'm dragging my feet, and he's like, "You got them notes done yet? I'm ready to go." <laughs> well, uh, but who would have thought your dad, a, your dad, a podcaster? That's great. I kept saying, I was like, "What?" When he first told me about it. Like, when that? You got to tell me the whole story. I'm like, so you're on a podcast. I told you about quitting too. I think didn't I? Uh, <laughs> did yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. You were talking about that. I mean, He's I just like, I ain't cut out. I ain't <laughs> cut out for it. Well, and then Dole, Dole helped push him too. Dole's like, why not? Yeah, he's the one that kind of pushed me back in. Coach the wheel. Coach, I got yeah, the wheel. Yes. All right. Well, so here we are. So here we are. So yeah. He said that's knuck and futz. Knuck and futz. <laughs> Man, it's been a fun episode. Yes. But sure. uh, let's get it out there to the world and see how much they hate it. <laughs> Two idiots talking sports, man. Hashtag tit. We missed the boat, man. We missed the I'm boat. I'm telling you. That, bro, yeah, for sure. Welcome to the hashtag tits podcast. Two idiots talking sports. I guarantee it would have been downloaded. I, a be, thousand downloads a day. day. Because yes. it just had the word tits in it. That's the best name. I like that, too. All right. I have fun. I'm proud of the Steel Toes and Scoreboards yeah, thing. I, racked my, I was racking my brain for a week for a name. That's a great name. It fits and perfect. besides golf and a couple other things, everybody's got a scoreboard. And, you know, right. the whole thing is about... And then look, there's my work boots on. Yep, yep. Steel toes. Which, this is everything we talk about during the day on the shop floor. Yes, we do get some work done. We do get some work done, but we talk a lot of sports. Kirk talks about, can I, can I say boobies? Yeah, boobies. Boobies is a funny word. <laughs> we discovered that at work the other day. Uh, yeah, what did I say the other night about that? So, so we I, just, just sidebar, I know we keep dragging it out. 
But I got taught sex ed in fourth grade. Why the fuck you teach fourth graders sex ed to begin with? I don't know. But that's when we got educated. Wow. And they made the mistake uh, of having the nurse teach us and the health teacher. And it was a woman, both of them. So they separate the girls, give them all one run through, then us. And then they make the mistake of telling fourth grade boys, and you're how old? Fourth grade, 9, 10, 11 years old? They made the mistake of saying, instead of saying the word breasts, they said boobies. You do not tell a group of 9, 10, 11-year-old boys the word boobies. I bet the classroom was Because we lost control. We were all like, oh, my God, she said boobies. And it was just, yeah, you don't say boobies to... Oh shit! It's such a funny word. It is for some reason. But she boobies. said boobies. <laughs> he can't even say boobies without, without, without laughing. Imagine uh, uh, having that first name, Booby. I misspelled my friend's name one time. Instead of writing Bobby, I wrote Booby. booby. <laughs> Just you know, added an extra O instead of an extra B. <laughs> but uh, all right, yeah, all right. Woo. Kurt's like, cut the mics, cut the mics. <laughs> all right, guys. So. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little different. Um, the show opening might get reworked. I'm just I'm not satisfied with right, that. Right, so, right. but for now, that's what you're getting for this first episode. Right. So, give us some feedback on it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> uh, Luck, you're gonna say bye. Hey, he's pretty pretty comfortable right now. Y'all see me when I walked in. Luck was all over yeah, me. He, he ain't seen me since December fifth. Yes, he was happy to see Jared for sure. Uh, that he smelled the McDonald's bag. Yeah, he smelled the McDonald's bag, yes. <laughs> All right, bro. Yep. Let's, let's peace out. Peace we'll catch out. you guys next week. God bless.